And welcome on into the third round reversal fantasy football podcast. Brett Malamud here with you. Zach Malamud is along with me. Zach, what's going on? Not much, Brett. Uh, a Saturday morning episode, a little bit different from us, but still a lot of news to get to in the NFL. Yeah, a little bit of a rare episode as we uh, break down. We're going to break down the Thursday night game, a little bit of what happened last week, uh, and then we're going to set you guys up with your lineups for this week uh, and break down some injuries as well. So make sure you get your comments into the comments section, and uh, we will answer as many questions as we possibly can uh, as far as trades go, lineups go, all of that. So let's first start out with T. Higgins. Uh, Zach, it seems that T. Higgins is battling a rib injury. He missed practice pretty much the entire week until yesterday where he came back. They list him as questionable. And Zach, let's break this one down. If T. Higgins is not in the lineup, does Jamar Chase instantly become top end wide receiver one? Or based on the fact that the Bengals offense really hasn't been clicking is it still a little scary so I mean Brett you bring up a good point except the one thing is in a normal year when when the Bengals are firing on all cylinders yes Jamar Chase would get a huge boost as the wide receiver one and and be easily a top five wide receiver uh, to play this week against Arizona except now the one problem is they stink. <laughs> They're not very good right now, and, and they need to pick things up. Obviously, going to Arizona is not easy. A lot of teams have done that so far this year and found it very difficult. They beat the Cowboys in Arizona. They gave the Giants a rough time in Arizona. So this is not an easy matchup for Cincinnati. I think when you look at T. Higgins right now, last week against Tennessee, he was wide receiver 84. That's not where you drafted T. Higgins. That's where you want you want T. Higgins to, to be in the top 20, be in the top 25 as a, a rock-solid wide receiver, too. He has not been any of that so far for you. I think the biggest thing right now for the Bengals is you just sit and hope and wait. I think that's the biggest thing you can do. You, you're, you're right to think that they can probably turn it around because this team it has been battle-tested before. But it's looking really, really ugly so far, Brett. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just pretty awful. And right now, I, I mean, we'll talk about him in a little bit, Joe Burrow. But he's probably a buy-low candidate just at the same time because it's just, nothing's been really going right there. Um, even Joe Mix has been like wishy-washy in a couple different weeks. And so, yeah, I think this, this Bengals offense right now is broken – um, from a dynasty perspective, we talk future of T. Higgins and the contract dispute that's going on here. And I think this is the beginning of that. And, you know, I'm curious to see what the Bengals moving forward as far as bringing in another wide receiver in future seasons. But that's a conversation for another day. As far as it goes right now, I think obviously if you have Joe Chase putting him in your lineup, I don't think there's really much of a dispute. I also know that Arizona has been playing a lot of zone defense this year and, and he actually been pretty good against the zone defense rather than the man. Um, and so, you know, you might get a good game there. There is a chance, of course, he's playing against the Cardinals. There is a chance that there's one of those nuclear type games from Jamar Chase. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm not sure that I'm 
very comfortable starting T. Higgins. I understand that like you probably have to use T. Higgins, but I'm not very comfortable starting him uh, if he does play this weekend. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, obviously the the rib injury is is going to be another setback to what has already been a bad season for T. Higgins. I think the best thing to do, no matter if he plays or if he doesn't play, I think you put him on the bench. I think there are better options. And the sample size, yes, it's only five weeks, but it's been terrible for T. Higgins. There, I think there was one game that he he had a really solid output. Everything else has been a, a really rough go to start this season. I think the best move right now is to bench T. Higgins for this week. Just based on the matchup, it's not going to be easy, especially how this Bengals offense is moving right now. Yeah, so now with the fact that he's not even in there, you look at a guy like Tyler Boyd. I'm still not sure that Tyler Boyd's even somebody that I would start. He's probably a very low-end wide receiver three at best into a flex position about. Um, he's only drawn one red zone target the entire year. And so, again, it's a guy that I'm kind of shying away from. And, you know, until I'm proven, you know, wrong, I, I'm guessing that this Bengals offense is broken. Yeah, I agree with you. And and we'll get to, to the full Bengals offense a little bit later. I think when you look at Burrow right now and he's really struggling, maybe it's the, the lingering calf injury. I think you look at his wide receivers – Jamar Chase is, has not been great, but you're still obviously starting him. T. Higgins has been woeful. You're probably not starting him. I think Tyler Boyd as the third guy, yeah, maybe you take a flex shot on him, but I feel like it, it's not a long shot because he is going to be the second wide receiver in this offense this week if T. Higgins doesn't play. But there's not a lot of confidence heading into this week, especially with what Cincinnati's offense has done so far. All right, so our next guy is here. It is Amara St. Brown, Zach. We saw him took a shot last week, missed a couple series, and then all of a sudden he's in the game, and, you know, it doesn't look that great. He's not looking like the Amara St. Brown. The mobility is not there. He comes into this week, doesn't practice most of the week. Now they list him as doubtful. I mean, he's probably not playing this week, I would guess. But does this mean that we're going to get like 45 carries for David Montgomery instead of the 30 carries he got last week? I, I We might. We really, really <laughs> might because I, there's there's not much when it comes to wide receivers. I, I Obviously, Khalif Raymond and, and Josh Reynolds, maybe they get a little bit of a boost, a couple of long shots in your, in your flex spot this week, but nothing more than that. I think when you look at, David Montgomery, and we'll get to him in a bit, just a, a huge workload. And Jameer Gibbs hasn't been involved too much. Uh, got a couple of receptions last week to definitely help his uh, his fantasy output last week. But David Montgomery getting 32 carries in a game where he was coming back from injury. It wasn't like he was healthy all of a sudden. And he's, he's going again week after week. He's out the week before, comes in 32 carries in a rivalry game, and they just kept feeding him the ball because why not? He ha he was producing really, really good stats, three touchdowns on the day. And like I said, we'll get to him in a bit. But right now, there's not really much else. Sam Laporta will probably get a boost as, as Jared Goff's top weapon. 
but there's not much else in Detroit when it comes to receivers who are going to replace Amon Ross St. Brown this week. Yeah, you think back to week two where he took that, it was, I believe, a knee right to his thigh. And then, you know, he missed week three, came back strong. Again, we'll, we'll just speak about him in a minute. But as far as it goes with the receiver game, I think pretty interesting just from the case of, you know, there's not that that top dog guy. Yeah, it's going to be Khalil Raymond. It's going to be John Reynolds. Um, Jamison Williams is back from suspension. I'm sure he'll be on a snap count. And so, you know, coming back and, he was hurt, actually, and so he rehabbed his injury at home. He had an ankle injury, and so then he. this is his first time he was allowed back in the building because of the suspension for gambling. And, you know, so I, I, I'm sure he'll be on a snap count. Um, I'm not looking for this huge game out of him. And then, yeah, as far as it goes with Reynolds and Raymond, you're probably starting him if you're in one of those deeper leagues. Um, I think that Reynolds actually probably has a better better – chance that he'll get those targets those bigger yards um but yeah i think this is a monty game i think this is going to be one of those games where again he gets those 30 something carries they'll mix in jameer gibbs a bit more i think just based on screen game passing that that kind of stuff um i think this is going to be one of those games where they try to you know you know decode the defense by way of running back with both of them yeah, I agree with you. And and Carolina this week, probably the – I think they're the fourth worst ranked run defense. So, I mean, if that doesn't help the cause, then David Montgomery, he, he's definitely going to get a, a huge workload this week, especially if he's healthy now. Yep. So now let's jump into our next guy, and it is Jonathan Taylor and Zach. This is one that has been talked about all week, I feel like just based on the fact that obviously there's a name out there like Jonathan Taylor, a guy that got picked in the first round in a lot of these drafts. And then, you know, if you did your draft right before the season started that week, he was falling around six and you were feeling like you were getting great value there. Um, Obviously a huge name, a potential top five option right now. He's listed as questionable though, you know, returns to practice this week. And practices in full on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, but they still list him as questionable with the ankle injury that he was dealing with in the first place. I'm not sure if this is just a smokescreen ball, but I'm kind of expecting Jonathan Taylor to play tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, Brett, it's it's obviously a rough topic right now because obviously all this stuff is still going on. The contract talks, the, the disputes. I think when you look at Jonathan Taylor, if he's playing, you probably have no other choice but to start him i think that he's shown the talent that he he has on the football field and the question for me right now is is what's the workload going to be because has he been up to shape like obviously he's had this ankle injury and that's kept him out he's he's been on the pup list he's coming back are they going to ease him back this week the other thing i'll say is they're going up against tennessee the toughest run defense in the NFL. So the one thing uh, I'll say is maybe he gets a tiny bit of a downgrade because of the matchup. I think you probably, like I said, you you have to start Jonathan Taylor this week. That If you drafted him, you're, you're probably putting him in your flex spot or your RB2, wherever it is. The question, though, is, is the workload going to be a lot? And how is this Tennessee 
front going to affect him? Yeah, I, I think I'm making room for him. I have him in a couple of different leagues. Like you're making room for him in the lineup, and yeah, you, you're not going to get like this top five performance. I mean, hey, you never know, just because he's Jonathan Taylor. But at the same time, like, yeah, he wasn't really practicing until this week, and you know, we're not really sure about his health. And yeah, he's said he's healthy, and I'll be practicing full. But at the same time, we don't know. They could have him on a snap count. Um, there could be the whole contract dispute thing going on and who knows, like we really, we don't know uh, how they're going to use Jonathan Taylor and how much. So, you know, again, I'm putting him in my lineup. I'm putting him at the end of the lineup though. This is not a guy that I'm starting as my top five running back. Uh, you know, you're putting him in your flex role or, or, you know, again, RB two, as you just said. Um, but yeah, you, you can't, miss out on Jonathan Taylor because the guy goes off for 40 and you have him on your bench, you're going to probably feel worse than if he goes for two points and he's in your lineup. Yeah, definitely. I, I've really just, there's, you look at it and, and you got to put him in your lineup if, if he's playing. It's still a question mark and, and probably stay updated tomorrow when we find out. All right. So now let's break down our standouts and Zach, it was a huge game for A. Brown after what has been just a weird season for him going back and forth with Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. And is it going to be his game or their game, you know, Smith's game? It was an A.J. Brown game in this past one. Nine of 13 targets, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. Zach, is A.J. Brown, like, settled in now as a surefire wide receiver one? I think so, Brad. And and actually, we're, we're going to give credit to the Eagles in this one because it was both a A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith game, except A.J. Brown had 40 fantasy points. So that was the difference between yeah. the two of them. I think when you look at A.J. Brown, wide receiver one in week four, nine receptions on 13 targets, 175 yards and two scores. I think the biggest thing about A.J. Brown last week was the game script completely helped him. They were down in this game. The Eagles started off really rough and ended up making a comeback. Then they they win it on the, the really long field goal from Jake Elliott in overtime. But A.J. Brown, a, an unbelievable game, a, a great performance from him. The 13 targets is what you love to see because there was a, a couple of arguments earlier in the season about the target share and, and was he getting – uh, enough opportunities in this offense. They settled that the last two weeks. They really have focused on getting A.J. Brown the ball, and, and he's come up with big, big fantasy numbers. He's a wide receiver one right now. He, he has to be, especially if now he's, he's confident in this offense and confident with Jalen Hurts, especially the last two weeks. I think you, you have to have him as your wide receiver one. Yeah, he's second in the league right now in target share, and he's third in air yards. And so, I mean, yeah, he I, to me, he's a wide receiver one. He's one of those elite guys. Um, I think clearly he's the number one option in the offense. However, they've been able to obviously utilize Devonta uh, throughout the season. But, yeah, for me, this was, you know, a long time coming for A.J. Brown uh, from them screaming on the sidelines a couple of weeks ago when they played the Vikings on Thursday night football. And you were like, Hmm, is this the beginning of the end for the Eagles? Nope, not at all. Uh, that was a get right for everybody. And, you know, keep them in your lineups as your RB as your uh, wide receiver one now. 
Yeah, it, it, there's really nothing much to say. He's he's a monster right now and, and definitely a, a wide receiver one in everybody's lineup. All right, so now we jump over to our next standout, and we just spoke about him a little bit. It's David Montgomery and Zach. He rushed for 121 yards and three touchdowns. He had 32 carries, and everybody was like, whoa, wait a second. Uh, you know, he also caught two passes for 20 yards. And so we're kind of seeing split between him and Gibbs go Montgomery's way. So there's a lot of angry Lions fans like, why do we use this high draft pick on a guy like Gibbs? There's a lot of angry fantasy football owners who are saying, what's happening? This guy was first round pick, and you're wasting him for this old guy. Um, but at the same time, I think, Zach, this is kind of what we said would happen at the beginning of the year with Monty and scoring more points than Gibbs. Yeah, Brad, and, and a lot of people, including myself, a Jameer Gibbs fantasy owner, but... We can say all we want. The three and one record for the Lions is all that matters right now to Dan Campbell. And he's going to do everything possible to make sure that that stays uh, going and, and they keep grabbing wins. And I think that way is through David Montgomery. That's clear in this offense. Obviously, Jared Goff, he, they can rely on Jared Goff and his arm and, and figuring things out. But if they're up in games, there's no reason to not keep running the ball, especially if your running back is as red hot as David Montgomery is. I think, yes, 32 carries into 121 yards. It looks like a, a college football type number, maybe a couple more yards. And you're like, all right, yeah, he's he's playing college ball right now. I think with David Montgomery, you just you keep putting him in your lineup. There's another guy like you have to keep starting him because they're just giving him a huge workload each week. And I, it's crazy to say, like I've thought about this week. I have, I have Jameer Gibbs on a few teams. Now he's questionable. I think it's a fair thing. If you have better options to bench Jameer Gibbs, like that's really where I'm thinking right now until I see that, Yes, he, last week he he got work in the in the passing game, but I can't rely on eight carries a game versus thirty two to David Montgomery. I think Montgomery clearly is the guy right now, and you have to keep starting him, uh, especially if it's if he's healthy. Yeah, Monty is just running angry as the fifth highest yards per contact, sixth highest in touchdown rate every time he touches the ball. The weeks that he was playing, running back seven. And I think that that's insane to think what we were talking about at the beginning of the year. But, yeah, this is sort of what we expected the offense to be like. And, you know, Montgomery's kind of just been Jamal Williams plus. It's awesome to watch. And um, as far as Gibbs' situation goes, listen, he's been playing – Monty's been playing 70% or higher of the snaps every single time that he's stepped on the field. In the three games that Montgomery's been there – Gibbs has played between 27% of the snaps up to 48%. I think that number kind of goes up this week just based on the wide receiver situation. But at the same time, he's probably a running back three to a flex option at best. And, yeah, there's upside because of the injuries week for Gibbs. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think that this is a, a scary situation for any of the owners that said Gibbs going to be the guy. Um, they were forgetting what the Lions did last year with Swift and Jamal Williams. 
Yeah, Brett, I think we're safe to actually say David Montgomery, like he's RB2 territory. I think that's yeah. that's where he is. He's he's just getting the workload of a, a RB2 right now. And if he's getting he's getting receptions as well. We were like we were saying, oh well, Jamal Williams last year, he got all the goal line carries, he's got the the carries like down the field in between the tackles, like that is his role. We didn't see anything in the passing game. David Montgomery's doing both. And, and if you're on any team and putting up those kind of numbers, you have to be put as, as an RB2 in fantasy lineups. Yeah, I think he's consistently proved he can be a top-end RB2. Um, I think this week's actually a great matchup for him. He's going to push over a run defense. You could even argue he's probably a low-end RB1 uh, going against the Carolina Panthers. They've, they're in the bottom 10 in – pretty much every statistical category for run defense. And so, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those matchups where he's going to feast. Um, and I'm expecting 25 to 30 carries again. And it's crazy to say that uh, I'm expecting 30 carries. Like, I think the only person we always were able to say that about was Derrick Henry. Um, but, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those kind of games where they're just leaning into Monty and, putting him between the tackles because I don't know that Carolina is going to be able to stop that. Yeah, I agree with you. And we'll get to that a little bit later, Brett. Yep. So now we jump over to this one. It's Josh Jacobs and Zach after not breaking into the top 20 running backs uh, in the first couple of weeks, he finally hits RB seven rushing for 58 yards and a touchdown on 17 carries caught eight of 11 targets. He got 11 targets, which was awesome for 81 yards. Um, Zach is Josh Jacobs back. Is Josh Jacobs back. I'm going to be the bad guy and say, no, no, not, not just yet. Not just yet. I think when you look at Josh Jacobs, yes, this was a, a really, really solid game for him. RB three in week four, 17, a, Attempts for 58 yards and a touchdown. Eight receptions for 11 on 11 targets for 81 yards. Like you look at that and say, okay, great. That, that, that's really, really good numbers. I don't think he's going to keep up those receptions. The thing about this game, Aiden O'Connell in at quarterback, and they're trying to figure things out. Jimmy G was out for this one. And that kind of game, yeah, you're you're gonna rely on checkdowns, rely on your running back. I don't think if Jimmy G comes back and all of a sudden Josh Jacobs is is what he was last year and putting up top five numbers each and every week. I think the receptions really helped him. I also think a, a touchdown is is a positive for him. Getting in the end zone was huge this past week, but I don't know if he can keep up these target numbers, which really boosted his week in total. Yeah, I think he has been extremely inefficient when it comes to actually running the ball. Um, and all he had to do was find 17 carries for 58 yards. Um, did not get a score on, on that at all. Uh, yeah, he's, he ranks ninth in red zone touches a year. However, he's among 58 qualifying running backs. He is 45th in explosive run rate, 38 missed tacks. He hasn't been the Josh Jacobs that we know. And so... Zach, I'll pose the question to you, um, and then I'll let you know what I think. Josh Jacobs is still high right now after what has been a good performance. I think he is for from it depends, Brett, because 
I think when you look at Josh Jacobs, the name is is clearly there. It's Josh Jacobs. Okay, he was he was top running back in the NFL. Like last year, he was putting up crazy numbers. Like I think when you look at him right now, is he he, he could be a sell high after his performance last week, but the weeks before, I don't know what people are looking at that they're like, oh yeah, yeah. confidence in in Josh Jacobs. I think. He's probably lower value overall than what what people drafted him at as a second rounder. Yes, he's a sell high right now, but it's hard to to really put him in that zone if you haven't seen it for multiple multiple weeks yet. Yeah, I th I think he is a sell high just based on the fact that again his name carries so much weight. Um, it's worth an, an exploration throughout your league, I would say. Just figure out what his value is. Get some price checks. Uh, you know, wouldn't approach people and say, hey, you know, what do you want for Josh? What would you give me for Josh Jacobs? But would more so look at, you know, other teams' targets and see what you can aspire to. Um, and, you know, settle on Josh Jacobs as a name that you would give back. Uh, where I would look... Um, because, yeah, it, it, the first couple of weeks have just been like he didn't even place in the top 20 of running backs. And so that is kind of scary. And, and I'm not sure how much uh, how much further he'll advance. It's a different offense. I mean, it is. Point is that Jimmy G is running a different offense. We saw it last year when um, he was playing with uh, Christian McCaffrey and what that looked like. And, yeah, it was a different offense. Christian McCaffrey wasn't Christian McCaffrey. And then, of course, you know, Jimmy G gets hurt. Brock Purdy comes in. All of a sudden, the offense is around Christian McCaffrey, which is where they're kind of at right now in San Francisco. Uh, I'm not sure that that's the situation here, though, in Las Vegas. I don't know that the odds is built around Josh Jacobs. I think it's more built around Devontae Adams and, and how they can get him the ball. I agree with you. I think that that – that's their focus each and every week. How can we get Devontae Adams the ball? He's he's the biggest playmaker on the team. Like he can get the job done if we if we get him the right amount of touches. And then when you look at Josh Jacobs, yes, last year was great, but obviously the holdout trying to ease him back in maybe into this offense. He's done a good job uh, and looks pretty healthy each and every week. Um, it looks like the holdout really wasn't affecting him too much as he as he goes on later in this season. I think you said it though. It's Devontae Adams' offense, and and Jimmy G definitely knows that each and every game. Yeah. So now let's jump into our game breakdowns and game reviews. Um, Zach, we got to start out with the other night first. Let's let's give you the bye weeks. Uh, the Chargers are on a bye week. The Cleveland are on a bye week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. And Zach, as we hit the bye weeks, obviously a lot of roster scrambling, but there was no scrambling if you had DJ Moore in your lineup because, I mean, he just went off. Um, it, it has been a long time for the Chicago Bears offense. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are as far as any sort of value goes for uh, any of those guys. Yeah, so I, I think I saw something earlier in the week about Justin Fields right now and DJ Moore, and maybe they're, they're guys to shop, uh, maybe look at to to trade just because the, the outputs haven't been great so far this season. Well, hopefully you didn't do that earlier this week 
because both of these guys were unbelievable in this matchup against Washington and DJ Moore. If you, if you had DJ Moore, I, maybe we might be saying congratulations because you might've won your week already. And it's only, uh, and he only did it on Thursday night football, eight receptions on 10 targets, 230 yards and three scores. I, I mean, the, the, best, the biggest thing you have to say is Fields is finding DJ Moore. It's his top target, and he really he knows that right now. And it's a, a, a great thing to see to have those two really connecting and, and having that chemistry in this offense. When it comes to Fields, how can you not keep starting him? Like, obviously, there was the, the disputes a couple of weeks ago. Can he be in fantasy lineups? Can he be the quarterback that – people drafted him as maybe quarterback six quarterback seven I think right now you you have to put him in your lineup especially after a week like this yeah I think that the question marks on fields were I mean they were pretty valid for the first couple of weeks and then the last he goes off and and he finishes his quarterback three against Denver and then this week obviously you know the top end game as well I think he's right now I'd probably put him at the back end of, of the quarterback ones. You know, I, I'm not sure that he is a top end one, but he's certainly in the conversation for quarterback one. Uh, you're starting him every week in your lineup, and I don't know that you really can dispute that. Uh, yeah, as far as the DJ Moore thing goes, that was awesome. Um, 230 yards in a game, and they just, you know, Washington couldn't do anything. They kept trying to jump the routes, and he kept jumping over guys uh, to get the ball. Uh, Cole Komet actually was – a big surprise for me, five targets, five catches, scored a touchdown. And, you know, that's a guy who potentially look at picking up on your waiver wire if you're in tight end trouble as we head into these bye weeks. And uh, to me, though, the scariest part of the game was if you were a Khalil Herbert owner. I mean, he came in and then he, he got hurt, injured his ankle. They brought him into the tent. They taped him up extremely heavily. He had more tape I think than he had a sock on and you know there was more tape sock and then he gets back in and takes two steps and just can't cut can't plant his foot um and immediately just goes down on his own and you know jogs off gingerly to the sideline so something to monitor there of course they had Roshan Johnson who also was out uh and Dante Foreman who also was out so they went with Kari blasting game the fullback uh, he ended up playing, and of course, uh, you know, that led to more rushing yards for Justin Fields. And so, Zach, I think that from at least the field standpoint, we're seeing what he could have done. I think that uh, a lot of Ohio State fans this week, I've been seeing, you know, the last couple of days that Ryan Day held him back, didn't let him run. And, you know, I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit here in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, we saw that even last year, what this guy was able to do when he got out of the pocket and was able to use his legs. He's a really, really dangerous quarterback and and can put up a ton of fantasy numbers. And on the ground, he, he did so in this game, 11 attempts for 57 yards. That's solid numbers for a quarterback. I mean, Lamar's putting up that maybe a little bit more in the yards category, but they were winning in this game and they, they had a lead for most of it. If he keeps going and we'll see maybe next week what the deal is with the running backs, he could have a higher upside when it comes to the, the running game and, and really moving his legs, getting out of the pocket and getting things going for this bears offense. 
let's just quickly break down this Washington team. I think it starts right now with Logan Thomas. Uh, nine of seven targets, 77 yards and a touchdown. And, yeah, I, I think that this is a guy that you probably, if you have him in your uh, in your line, you're considering starting him. Or if you have him on your team, you're considering starting him next week just based on the target share. Um, you know, he's probably right now a high tight end two to tight end one range. Um, if you're putting it, if you have a tight end premium league, you're probably starting him next week just based again on target share. Uh, but yeah, I think that for me, that's the, really the only pass catcher that did a lot. Yeah, you could argue Curtis Samuel, but he's further down the rankings for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think. The biggest thing for me for Washington in this game is you probably have to throw this game script out the window. They were down by a ton early in this one. I think it was 17 to nothing. Like they were absolutely dominated on every single front. When you look at the running backs, Brian Robinson, as well as Antonio Gibson, they both got four receptions out of the backfield. Robinson four for 33 yards and Gibson four on six targets for 64 yards had a big play Gibson did I think like I said you got to throw the game script out the window maybe you have confidence now in Logan Thomas the 11 targets in this game if they're gonna have to throw the ball they might end up going to to Logan Thomas it probably hurts you a little bit as a Terry McLaurin owner to see only four for 49 on five targets like I said, you you got to throw this game out of the window and and move on to next week and probably start the same guys as you were in this Washington offense. I will say that another big takeaway for me was Sam Howell. Uh, it's a tail of two halves. He had you know one fantasy point in most le- in most leagues uh, through the first half, and then all of a sudden kind of explodes in the second half to try to bring them back and. He's he's been a top fifteen quarterback in every week except for week three where he played Buffalo. Uh, and for me, I think that this is a a potential buy candidate. Um, you probably don't have to pay a lot to go get Sam Howell, but at the same time, like you're in one of those super flex leagues, you could probably stash him and, and put him in at that super flex role. You know, I'd say higher end of the super flex spot. Yeah, that's fair. I I think the one thing about Howell is is 51 passing attempts that's yeah. not going to happen every week obviously there's there's going to be games where they're going to have to throw the ball a ton i don't even think that'll get to 51 passing attempts for this guy i think the the rushing attempts for brian robinson only six of them tells you all you need to know about this game and and this offense is not going to be focusing on slinging the ball around all the time with sam howell but when he does get the opportunity, I agree. He's he's definitely an option in Superflex. Yeah, and I think that if you look at his upcoming schedule, plays Atlanta, the Giants, Philadelphia, New England, Seattle, and then the Giants again. And so I think it's a pretty good stretch of games uh, where he could put up some points. And so just a consideration there of, of a potential buy candidate. Yeah, definitely. All right, so now we jump over to tomorrow's game. Zach, we start across the pond as we go to Jacksonville and Buffalo in London. 9.30 a.m. starts to make sure that your lineups are set today so you don't oversleep for tomorrow's games. Zach, let's first break down the bills. Uh, this could be a potential Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, like 40 points each game. It could be, Brett. 
It could be. I think when you look at this Jacksonville defense, they have not been at their best this year. Struggled to to control some offenses. And I mean, the one that stands out to me is is the Houston game. It was in Jacksonville. And this Houston game with C.J. Stroud at quarterback loves to sling the ball around. And he was having a field day against this Jacksonville defense. I think, yeah, it could be Allen to Diggs. Gabe Davis, I think, is a low-end flex in this game just based on he's put up points this last couple of weeks long plays and that's what you're hoping for from Gabe Davis he's a low-end flex for me I think when you look at Allen he was quarterback one in in week four 320 yards four touchdowns no interceptions four attempts on the ground 17 yards and a touchdown he torched and I mean torched this Miami defense made them look silly and and I would also put James Cook in the conversation. Of course, you, you got to start him against Jacksonville this week in London. Yeah, for me, I think Allen's going to do Allen things. Um, you know, you're putting him there, obviously. James, last week he played 40% of the snaps, which was a season low for him. Lost some snaps out to Latavius Murray. Uh, I'm thinking that's a fluke. I'm guessing that, you know, just based on last week, though, Cook is probably a low-end running back one. High end running back too. Uh, reason I I said that I think this could be a ridiculous game for Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen is based on the fact that the Jaguars love to blitz, and when he gets blitzed, Allen looks immediately at Diggs and pops it right to him. Uh, when he is blitzed, uh, it, it seems that the target share jumps up. It jumps up to over thirty five percent for Stephon Diggs. When the bull comes. And so for me, he's a top wide receiver. Uh, I, I think that, you know, you can't really argue against putting Stefan Diggs in that wide receiver one, elite wide receiver one tier. Uh, and and then as far as the other wides go, yeah, you're right. Gabe Davis, they, listen, Jacksonville has actually, actually been really good against the deep ball. And so you might not get that from Gabe Davis. So he's a flex option for me. I think that he'll probably get at least one. Uh, but they're not going to be able to use him at the deep threat. That said, I think that this is where the tides kind of change as far as tight end. And they're going to start to tilt a little more in Kincaid's favor. And over the last two weeks, we've kind of seen that as he kind of out-snapped Austin Knox. And then target share was higher in his rate. And they put him in the slot more. And his run routes, like pretty much all the statistical categories, are starting to tilt in Kincaid's favor. I'm looking at potentially putting him in my lineup as a back end tight end one. Yeah, Brett. And, and it's, it's interesting right now for Jacksonville because you're probably starting Trevor Lawrence, even though it's a, a tough matchup against Buffalo. I would say the same for Travis Etienne. You, you got to put him in your lineup. Calvin Ridley has not been great these last couple of weeks. You're obviously starting him, but Two receptions on two targets last week, 38 yards and the touchdown. The touchdown saved the day for, for Calvin Ridley. I think right now when, when you're looking at Ridley, it's when is it going to be clear that he's the number one guy in this Jacksonville offense? The, why why they brought him in uh, last year and, and now waited for him to get into this offense, uh, a really dangerous player. They just have not been able to find him. And it's going to be a little bit tough. I think two of the next four weeks, they 
They have the Saints and the 49ers, two tough defenses that are going to want to focus in on Calvin Ridley and maybe take him out of the game. I think when you look at Calvin Ridley, you got to keep starting him, but opportunities are, are not great right now because of the guy right next to him. And that's Christian Kirk. And that was a, an argument at the start of the season. Who's going to be the number one guy is Kirk still the number one guy for Lawrence. And you might say so after the last couple of weeks, eight receptions last week on 11 targets, 84 yards, no touchdowns. And then the tight end, Evan Ingram also getting targets, seven receptions on eight targets, 59 yards and no touchdowns. I wouldn't say I'm worried just yet, on Calvin Ridley, but if this keeps happening week after week, then it might be time for a little bit of a change. Yeah, I mean, I'm not chomping at the bit to start Trevor Lawrence this week just based on the defensive matchup. The Bills have held quarterbacks to the second lowest passer rating in the entire league, third fewest touchdown passes, and the fewest fantasy points per game. And so yeah, I think that this is going to be one of those games where, yeah, you have Trevor Lawrence and he's a back-end quarterback one I would say if you drafted a backup quarterback like an Anthony Richardson or something you're probably going to start Anthony Richardson I think this week um I think this is a great matchup though for ETN to go off as that engine of the offense I mean Buffalo has one of the worst run defenses surprisingly in the NFL uh they've they've the second highest explosive run rate and the highest yards after contact not being able to put guys to the ground and so I think he's a running one. And as far as the wides go, I'm starting Kirk right now over Ridley. I think that, you know, he's kind of faded into the background a little bit, Ridley, until he, you know, gets right. I, I'm kind of staying away from him right now if if you have better options. Uh, and then as far as Evan Ingram goes, listen, this, is a get, this will be a tough matchup for Ingram because they've really shut down tight ends. Uh, so he's probably a lower end tight end one for me because if you have him, yeah, you know, you're probably going to put them there just based on the the touchdown potential. Yeah, that's fair. The safeties and the linebackers will be strong on Ingram this week. I think uh, Kirk has a has a lot of upside in this matchup, as he's still really. I think teams still think of him as the second wide receiver on Jacksonville, and they're going to focus on Ridley. I think that helps Kirk, especially in a matchup this week where. You would think Buffalo is going to be up in the game and Jacksonville is really going to have to throw the ball. I think Kirk definitely has a, has a big week ahead of him this week. All right, so now we jump over to our next matchup, and it is Tennessee at Indianapolis. Zach, a here. I think the biggest one, obviously, is the Jonathan Taylor one. But even if Jonathan Taylor does play, Anthony Richardson might be getting after this week. For the Colts, and I mean, this guy has just been unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's been rock solid so far as as the quarterback for Indianapolis, and you probably got to keep starting him. Well, a lot of people drafted him as their their starting quarterback, so you're just keep it going. Like he's he's been really really good so far, and if he gets Jonathan Taylor back, it's going to be a, a a really solid offense. You would think. It's going to be a, a tough matchup a little bit on the ground because this Tennessee front, like I mentioned a couple times, they're really, really strong. But Richardson will will be throwing the ball around. They had a, a really rough week last week. Michael Pittman was non-existent. One reception on five targets for 15 yards, no touchdowns. I think when you look at it, if Taylor doesn't play, 
you're probably still starting Zach Moss, I would say. I think that even though it's a tough matchup against Tennessee, you're probably putting him in your lineup because he's gone all this way in your lineup. And yes, last week wasn't great against the Rams, but I think you, you got to start him if Taylor doesn't play. But very likely that Taylor is in the lineup. And then I think Josh Downs is probably a low-end flex because of this Tennessee secondary. They looked great last week against Cincinnati. It looked unbelievable. But so is everybody else against Cincinnati this year. I think Josh Downs, like I said, a low-end flex if, if you're looking for options. Yeah, as far as the Colts go, I think that you're starting Richardson. This should be an, a pretty good matchup. This is a matchup that could end up having him as quarterback one by the end of the week. Uh, the secondary has been just awful in Tennessee. And, yeah, we talk about the run defense. And so I think he's going to be passing the ball a lot. Uh, they're just not – they're not that great. Uh, they're, they're in the bottom five and most of the passing categories for defense. And so this could be an, a week where Richardson actually shreds them Currently, he's seventh in rushing yards, first in rushing touchdowns. I think that that'll also have an effect, especially if Jonathan Taylor is in the lineup and they try to, you know, shift their focus towards Jonathan Taylor. If Taylor's active, like we said, make room for him in your lineup. I think that you probably have to open up a flex role for him and, you know, make the room for him because, like I said before, it's better to have him go off for 40 points. It's better to have him go for points and be in your lineup than 40 points and sitting on your bench. I think that's a little hard to digest there. Uh, as far as Zach Moss goes, I think it's done if Jonathan Taylor is in the lineup. If he is, I'm not starting Zach Moss. I'm keeping him on my bench. Uh, and if Taylor not playing, I'm putting him in there as probably a, a flex option to a running back to range, two, three range. Um, you know, I think that, for me, he's not going to be an impact guy if Taylor's in the lineup. I don't know that he'll get any any sort of work. As far as the wides go, Pittman's the guy. You're putting him in your lineup. Uh, it's a guy we've spoken about pretty highly in the last couple of weeks. And then I'd say that uh, he's probably a running or a, a wide receiver too, and he has upside. If, if they get into one of those shootouts where, you know, the indie defense doesn't really hold up and they're kind of just trading back touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Yeah, Brett, and for, for Tennessee, it's it's Henry and Hopkins. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. It's, there's really nobody else in the, in this offense that you can really, really trust right now. It's Henry and Hopkins. Henry last week, 22 attempts, 122 yards, and a touchdown. One reception on one target for 11 yards, and it's a great game for Derrick Henry. This is this is what you've been waiting for. He hasn't been great to start this season, and obviously discussions about Spears behind him each and every week and getting those those percentage of snaps. But you're you're starting Derrick Henry, and this week it should be a, a solid matchup. I know it's a, a divisional game, and Indy's seen him plenty of times. They probably know how to deal with him at this point. But you're you're confidently starting Derrick Henry, especially after what he was able to do last week. Yeah, I agree. I think that the only two guys are Henry Hopkins. I would stash Spears as well. Uh, you know, if he's out there on waivers, like just stash him just in case. Um, D Hop's probably a, a wide receiver three with some wide receiver two upside just based on the target share. And um, you know, the only other thing is I would say that. 
Traylon Burks right now, he's banged up. Missed last week with a knee injury. I think that the target share just continues to go. Diop's way insane. They're just going to throw to him a lot. So, yeah, I, I don't know that you can go too far elsewhere. Yeah, it's it's just th- those two guys are, are clearly this offense. Yeah. All right, so we jump to the next one. New Orleans at New England. And, Zach, I think that at least for me – it's a little scary if Derek Carr is not in the lineup of what the value is for Chris Olave. I agree with you. I think it's, it's going to be a little bit rough, but what I will say is that there's, there's no better team to be on if you're having a, a quarterback problem and, and quarterback injury than in new Orleans, where you just have James Winston coming in. I think, yes, there's, there's the negatives of James Winston and, it could happen this week in New England against this defense. But I think we're, for Chris Olave, yeah, it's a tough matchup. But the, the targets were there last week. Yes, Derek Carr was was in at quarterback. One reception, though, for four yards on six targets. The six targets stand out. And I'm a Chris Olave owner in a couple of different leagues. Yes, it, it hurt only one reception for four yards. But seeing that the targets were there, he it just it wasn't working out for the day. You're going to have those days, I think, in this offense, especially where Carr could barely throw the ball, it seemed like, with that sprained AC joint. I think looking at Kamara's stats in his first game back, it proves that, yeah, it was it was a, a dump-off game. 13, 13 receptions for, on 14 targets for 33 yards. Yes, the yards were horrendous. I don't think – I think uh, – it. It was the lowest uh, of a guy who's had 13 receptions by, I think, over 30 yards. So that was that was crazy. But if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, you're going to take that any day of the week. 11 attempts on the ground for 51 yards. Not great, but it's his first game back. I think he'll get going. You're starting him, even though it's against New England, it's going to be a tough matchup. I think Kamara, Olave, and Thomas are, are guys to look out for this week. Yeah, I mean, even if Carr plays, and there's a lot of rumors out there that they're going to put him out there again while he's banged up anyway, I'm not playing him. Um, You know, I'm not even looking that way. As far as the Kamara show goes, yeah, that was awesome. Finished in the the top 10 for running backs. And, you know, the owners obviously were excited that he came back and went strong. Um, You're probably starting him as a low-end running back one, high-end running back two this week just based on, if he can get that target share and yeah, 13 balls is pretty awesome. Uh, Olave. Yeah. I think that this is going to be one of those times where Bill Belichick tries to take away Olave. As we always say, Bill Belichick likes to take away something from the offense, from the opposing offense. I think this is going to be the game where Olave. So you're still starting him and, you know, we'll see what happens, but as far as the Michael Thomas thing goes, I think he's a heavy flex option this week just based on that alone. Um, Zach, just quickly breaking down here in New England, Mac Jones is like the super the super flex quick that you really don't want to start uh, if you don't have to. Like, sorry, not sorry, but he's a very low-end quarterback too, I would say. Uh, Ramondre Stinson, he's probably a running back too for me. He hasn't been, you know, amazing, but at the same time, like I think that that, will turn around sooner rather than later. Zeke, though, I mean, he's become droppable. I think that this it's a time where 
you can consider dropping Zeke if there's a high-end guy that you can find on waivers or via trade and, you know, you need to free up a roster spot because I'm not sure that there's any week where I would play Zeke in my starting lineup. And, you know, you don't just throw guys on the bench just to have them. Uh, yes, obviously, if Ramondre got hurt, that would be a story. Um, so I would say from a handcuff perspective, that's a different that that would be the only uh, way I'd want to keep him or, you know, go to the Ramondre owner in your league and offer them Zeke. Uh, but other than that, like, I'm not sure that there's a, a path to Zeke being in your lineup other than a Ramondre injury. Uh, and I'm probably not starting any of the wides. Probably not starting Hunter Henry this week. It's a tough matchup for him. That's fair. I think when when you look at Ramondre, it and even the Patriots last week, it was a bad game. It, and you throw it away. They went down to Dallas. They got clobbered, and it showed in in the game script for New England. It it pretty surprising that Ramondre still got 14 carries, only 30 yards, uh, and no touchdowns. Two receptions on three targets for 10 yards. The biggest thing for me with Zeke is what you said. I think if you have Zeke and you don't have Ramondre, there's no reason for it. I think when you have Ramondre and and are handcuffing Zeke, that's clear. Uh, we, we talk about handcuffs, how important they are. That's the clear option. Uh, if Ramondre is out for a week, you definitely have to have Zeke uh, behind them to, to help you out. I agree with you that that Henry is probably a stay away this week, but tight end is so thin that I think some people are not going to really have a choice and they're going to have to put Henry in their lineup just because, like I said, there's there's not many tight ends around them, even though this matchup is tough against New Orleans. Yeah, it's valid. I, I think that kind of just depends on your league and and – you know, how deep are your waivers and things like that? If there's some tight end options out there, you know, go search and, and there could potentially be a, a better option. But I think that he sort of falls into the category of touchdown or bust, uh, as we see across a lot of the tight end uh, shares. And, and it's really touchdown or bust. And if they have a touchdown, it's a good week. If they don't, you know, then, then it is a forgettable week. Um, I think that he probably falls into that category this week. Yeah, definitely fair. Let's head to Pittsburgh, Brett. All right, so we head to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. This should be an interesting one just based on the Baltimore offense going against the Pittsburgh defense. Uh, Pittsburgh has the sixth best pressure rate in the league. This might be a Lamar Jackson running around and, and you know trying to juke out guys for the bulk of the game. Yeah, Brett, and... and- uh, obviously, after last week, yeah, it was probably a throwaway game for Cleveland without Deshaun Watson, but their defense was non-existent in this one against Lamar Jackson. Quarterback five in week four, Lamar was 186 yards passing and two touchdowns, no interceptions, nine attempts on the ground, 27 yards, and two touchdowns. If you're seeing that now going into this week, a lot of optimism because you said it. he's going to be scrambling around trying to get away from guys like TJ Watt and he's going to have to scramble out of the pocket a bunch to get out of this uh to get out of the pocket and I think you look at this Pittsburgh defense that probably the weakness is going to be stopping Lamar and and his mobility around the field it's a it's a really solid matchup this week on the ground for Lamar passing wise it's it's going to be a little bit tough because 
it's, it's not a, a heavy passing offense and it's also a divisional game in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a little bit tough there, but you're still starting Lamar with confidence. He's probably going to be in the top 10 one way or another this week. He's going to finish there. I think when you look at his, his running backs, there's nobody right now that I'm confident starting. Even though Pittsburgh's run defense is not great, I'm still just there, – there's so many guys and it, trying to figure out who's going to be the number one guy for the week. I think Lamar is going to be the number one rusher for the week. So that that really throws everything away. I think when you look at Zay Flowers, good targets last week, keep starting them. I think Mark Andrews, and I paid for this one the hard way, five receptions for 80 yards and two touchdowns, and I had a decision to make, and I picked the wrong one. Mark Andrews sat on my bench as tight end two for the week. Well, we're going to erase it. We're going to move on. But I think if you're an Andrews owner, you're like, oh, Finally, thank God he did something. So keep going. And this Pittsburgh defense, you could take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, Lamar's been quarterback six in fantasy points per game. I think that there's really no question. And yeah, like we just said, he's going to be running around like crazy as Pittsburgh tries to send the blitz in on him. And as a result, I think that Gus Edwards is probably a flex option at best this week, and I'm not sure that they're really going to lean into the run. I think they're going to try to lean into the pass a little more. And Lamar is going to end up as the leading rusher here based on the pressure and a lot of you know read option kind of things like Lamar does. Um, as far as the wides go, I mean, I'm, I'm avoiding Odell this week. I think that I personally think Odell, even with coming back from injury and all of that, I'm not sure that I'm that confident in him. However, I'm very confident in Zay Flowers, who leads Baltimore in red zone targets with five. And, you know, he's also seen 10 targets in two of the three games. And so uh, I think that uh, you're probably playing him as a wide receiver two this week. As far as uh, Andrews goes, yeah, you're sticking him in your line because he's the second pass catching option right now. Um and as far as the defense goes, I'm starting the Ravens defense this week in what could be a, a pretty difficult week for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and for Pittsburgh, it's just Harris and Pickens. Fryermuth probably out for this one. So obviously you're going to try and find better options. If he is out, Fryermuth, I think Najee, you got to keep putting him maybe as a, as a flex option at this point. He's an RB3. Clearly, just the numbers have not been great. He was running back 19 last week, so that that gives you gives you a little bit of confidence. And then George Pickens, the target share is insane. While Kenny Pickett's in, Kenny Pickett is in there, and you got to put him in your lineup. Yeah, this week I'm sitting Pickett, and you know he's dealing right now with a bruised knee on top of everything. I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to escape, uh, which is why I'm starting the Baltimore defense. I think that there's going to be a lot of sacks this week. You know, maybe a couple picks, and and we'll see what happens. Um, if they get down in the game, though, he's going to have to throw, and he can't move. So, you know, it, it should be kind of interesting. Najee, on the other hand, I'm actually getting on board with Najee right now. I think that he's gotten a, a pretty bad rap uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, the numbers aren't amazing. But if you look deeper underneath the numbers, he's second in the league right now in explosive runs. And, you know, He's in the top 10 and yards after contact. So I think that if you look at deeper into the numbers, uh, he's potential low right now. Uh, I think that a lot of people are looking at Warren and saying, oh, he's going to take the job completely. 
I don't see that. I see it as it's a potential split. Uh, so as far as this week goes, I'm putting Najee in the lineup. I'm actually stashing Warren. Uh, I can understand he's getting that flex spot because your team's sort of in a bind. But at the same time, like, I don't know that I'm starting him in my lineup. I understand that there are a lot of people out there that want him. Uh, he's breaking tackles, but then once he breaks the tackle, he's not doing anything with it. And so I, I'm not sure that I can trust putting Warren in as, as somebody that would get a ton of points where you probably have some better options there. And he's right now a flex option for me. And the biggest takeaway is that he hasn't finished in the top 10, even without Deontay Johnson there. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens, but for me, he's a flex option at best right now. And yeah, Fryermuth is not there. And so that's part of the reason why. Yeah, I agree with you, Brett. And I mean, looking at just Warren quickly, he's ranked higher than Najee in a lot of rankings this week. And it might just be the work in the passing game. They think they're going to be down Pittsburgh in this one. It might be a Baltimore blowout. And for that reason, people have have Warren ahead. I just I I can't feel comfortable starting him. I think there's better options on the board. Yeah, and I actually said that Najee for me is at least a buy low candidate, especially in Dynasty. Still young, still ton of ton of tread to go, a uh, ton of road ahead of him, and so I think that everyone's kind of given up on Najee, and I'm I'm not quite sure why he he still runs at an elite. It's just about getting the proper blocking and things like that um but there'll be a game this year where Najee goes off i'm sure and everyone will back to the Najee train yeah i agree with you brett all right so a guy who everybody's on the train right now is Bijan Robinson. zach this should be a pretty awesome game as we see Bijan go head to head with cj stroud as houston plays against atlanta and i mean for both sides they've got exciting rookies and i don't know which team do you want to start with uh, let's start with my guy. Let's start with Bijan. <laughs> I think, uh, of course. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll start us off, Brad. I think when you look at Bijan last week and he's, it, they were losing in the game, but this guy is getting carries and the, the ability to, to make moves around guys, get things going. He's just a monster. And it's surprising to me, Brett, that, this guy doesn't get more carries. I know they have Tyler Algier there, but when every time Bijan gets the ball, you go, oh no, wait, hold on, hold on. He's going to make something out of nothing. He had a nasty juke once again last week. He had one in week one and then had another one against Jacksonville last week. He The receptions as well, five receptions on five targets, 32 yards. This is what you drafted Bijan Robinson for. 14 attempts on the ground, 105 yards. The one thing... I would love to see more is, is the touchdowns. If he gets the touchdowns, this guy is a clear top five option each and every week, Brett. Yeah, I mean, right now he's he's just a matchup for top five running back. <laughs> the whole offense is being built around him. Um, and what's kind of interesting is that Tyler Algier, you know, take Bijan as part of the equation, like, Algier's still been a pretty good running back. And, and so I think that Algier's probably, you know, running back three to a flex play this week, especially. I think that the offense, though, is built around those two guys right now. It's kind of interesting with the wides and, and Pitts as well. 
I think I'm putting them on my bench this week. Drake London to the bench, Kyle Pitts to the bench. Um, yeah, starting Bijan and Algiers play a flex option. I am desperately, desperately calling on Arthur Smith to change the quarterback. The guy can't throw anything in Ritter, and that's what's leading to me not being able to trust either Kyle Pitts or Drake London. Among four off quarterbacks, he has the ninth lowest yards per attempt, the seventh lowest passer rating, the lowest highly accurate throw rate. This guy can't throw the ball to anyone. I, I don't understand. Uh, I, I think that Taylor Heineke is going to get a look at some point this season. I'm calling on Arthur Smith for it to be sooner rather than later because he can't throw the ball to Desmond Ritter. It's, it's very scary. I, I don't even know that I would have been as this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's just hard to really find other options in this Atlanta offense besides Bijan. Uh, there's some people that are going to have to start Drake London. They're going to have to start Kyle Pitts just because there's no other options. The one thing for me when it comes to Kyle Pitts, and and I actually went uh, another way in, in one of my leagues and traded for a tight end to replace Kyle Pitts and, and Sam Laporta because – it, it, the upside is definitely there. I'd l- be looking for other options right now at tight end if you could get one. Because John U. Smith was tight end three. Tight end three on the week, Brett. John U. Smith, the backup tight end, six receptions on six targets, 95 yards. If that doesn't tell you Kyle, pitches, Kyle Pitts is like struggling right now, you can't start him in your lineup. Like John U. Smith is tight end three on the week, the backup tight end for Atlanta. Yeah, and I think that if Johnny Smith, uh, you know, he was a popular waiver ad this week. I think that, you know, if you have room for him at the end of your bench, maybe you stash him just as a speculative ad uh, to see if it continues. The last couple of weeks he's been getting, you know, a target share. So, yeah, it's a little scary for Kyle Pitts. And, you know, there's a lot of fantasy owners calling for them to actually trade Kyle Pitts. I, I'm not sure that that happened. You know, they like him. But at the same time, like, if you like him so much, then use him the way he's supposed to be used. And they're just not. So for me, I'm going away from him this week. I'm putting him on the bench. Uh, as far as Houston goes, listen, CJ Stroud has been awesome. Uh, I don't think that we really saw it coming, that he would be, you know, better than what Bryce Young's been so far this year. Uh, at the same time, Stroud's ninth in passing grade, third in the entire league in yards per attempt. That is awesome. Uh, he's finished in the top 15 and every single week finishing as a top 10 quarterback last week. And I'm not really that afraid of the Atlanta defense. So I'm probably putting Stroud in there. You have him as far as Pierce goes, he finished as a top 15 running back last week, 24 carries, 81 yards, only one touchdown this year. I think that will start to go up as we start to get further into the year, probably low end running back two for me this year. Nico Collins is running back as a receiver seven right now. I mean, that's pretty awesome. You're probably keeping him in your lineup as a wide receiver too. And Tank Dell is a thing. And I think he's a pretty good flex option this week. Yeah, I agree with you, Brett. And and don't be afraid for CJ Stroud in Superflex right now. He's clearly a quarterback too right now in Superflex. You got to be starting him. He's going to be he's going to continue to put up numbers as long as Houston is, is willing to sling the ball around and, and they didn't do it too much last week, but it's still a monster week. Damian Pierce had 24 carries on the ground. Like you said, 81 yards, no touchdowns, the reception for 27 yards. 
Nico Collins, what what a guy right now. He's he's red hot right now. I think when you look at Collins, you you're hoping for consistency in this. Each and every week, can he be reliable and put up those same numbers each and every week? If he can, you got to keep starting him. And and you mentioned Tank Dell. I I agree with you. He's a flex option this week against Atlanta. All right, we got a couple of viewer questions here, and let's get to them. Big Trev wants to know. This is a two-parter here. He's got a full PPR league, and he got the choice between Ferguson or Goddard. And then in a standard league, he has the choice between Laporta and Mark Andrews. Zach, you want to take Laporta out with the PPR one, Ferguson or Goddard? So based on matchup this week, it's it's a tough one because Ferguson's going up against the the bad men up in, up in San Francisco. For Goddard, he's going up against the the LA Rams, and it's two not easy matchups. But I feel like you got to go with Goddard just based on matchup. And and tight end is kind of based on matchup. You have to pick your guys unless it's the, the top, top tier guys. I know Ferguson had a really, really good game last week against New England. Seven receptions on seven targets. Like a really solid output. But I, I would go with Goddard in this one. And when it comes to standard, I think... Uh, well, Baltimore is going up against Pittsburgh and Detroit's going up against Carolina. If Amonra doesn't play, I might take the upside on Laporta. I know it's hard because Andrews is, you drafted Andrews to, to be your tight end one. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be unhappy. Like if, if Andrews is in a lineup, he has to be, um, I would probably say the upside on Laporta if Amonra doesn't play though, Brett. Yeah, and Zach, tell me I'm wrong. You had you actually had Laporta and Andrews on one of your teams, and sure. so and you picked Laporta. I think that the upside on Laporta, especially this week, if it's a standard, like where you're chasing the touchdowns and things like that, I think Laporta is is there. And so, yeah, I, I'm taking Laporta over Andrews this week. It's crazy. I think that you probably lock him in as a top five tight end uh, going forward. And then as far as the PPR goes, yeah, I, I'm taking Goddard. Um, understand the target share going right now for Ferguson at the same time like Goddard is still extremely reliable and and you know eventually this this will end up being he'll end up being a top three tight end I think uh as it starts to go I think that Jalen Hurts is enjoying his receivers right now and that's sort of what's what's leading to it uh but we got another question here from Big Trev need a stream wide receiver Michael Wilson, Rashi Rice, or Jaden Reed, full PPR. Zach, give us your uh, your rant here. Yeah, it's a hard one because there's, there's a couple of really solid names here. But I'm going to talk about this guy a little bit later. It, I think Rashi Rice is, is the guy this week. They're going up against Minnesota, the worst passing defense in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, you would think he's going to have a field day. And right now, in my opinion, even though we haven't seen it, too much and last week was a bit of a struggle so we didn't see him too much Rashi Rice in my mind is is the number one guy right now in this offense you've seen week after week they've had plays made for Rashi Rice Sky Moore has struggled to really put up big numbers and and has had a couple weeks with just one reception or, or so and then Kadarius Tony's only had one reception maybe two in a game I think Rashi Rice this week if 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 they're able to do what the Chargers did a couple weeks ago with two wide receivers and Williams and Keenan Allen and just 
absolutely torch this defense, I think Rashi Rice is the guy, especially in full PPR. I agree. I think that, you know, I knew you were going to pick Rashi Rice, which is what I said, go on your rent here. Uh, I think it really comes down to two guys. It's Michael Wilson and Rashi Rice. I'm taking Rashi Rice. Uh, I think the matchup is better. I think that this is one of those games where Patrick Mahomes starts to go nuclear uh, as he, you know, the next couple of weeks for him is going to be really good. And I think Rashi Rice is going to be one of those guys that'll start to get into your lineup pretty consistently. Uh, I understand that the target share that Wilson got last week, however, they're probably going to shadow him a ton this coming week. And, you know, not an amazing matchup for him with Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati's been a little struggling, but I think that that's going to be more of a James Conner game. I think that that's the guy who's going to go off for the Cardinals. And so, yeah, I'm taking Rashi Rice as well. And I think that this is the start of figuring out for Patrick Holmes, who is his number one receiver, because I don't know that that has really been answered other than Travis Kelsey being his number one pass catcher. Yeah, definitely agree, Brett. All right, so thanks for your question. And, uh, you know, if you guys got any more, leave them in the comments. We'll be sure to get to all of them. Zach, let's jump over to Detroit as Carolina takes on Detroit. Zach, this could be another one of those games where Bryce Young gets a ton and Aiden Hutchinson has proven that he's going to be a force and, and throwing the pressure in right now. Young, listen, he hit 200 yards for the first time in his career last week, but hes I think he's off the radar for me at the moment. Um, you know, obviously there's all these dynasty owners, though, who picked him pretty high, and they're panicking. They're like, this guy isn't doing anything. Do I trade him? Listen, calm down. It's very early. It's the first couple of weeks of his entire career. Um, you know, I, I think that this is one of those, you know, just relax and it's okay. And if you're in one of those dynasty leagues, then it's okay because listen, if you take a loss, then you get that much to do a number one pick and Caleb Williams is sitting there and Drake May is sitting there. And I think that that's a pretty good pairing. If you have Bryce Young with one of those two guys, especially as Carolina starts to, build their team up and build their receivers and we'll see what happens as, as far as uh, who they add. And, you know, a lot of the, the people saying, listen, if he had Marvin Harrison jr. To throw the ball to, or someone like that, look at what Adam Thielen is doing with his AARP card. Like it, it could be a, a magical pairing. And so, yes, I think Carolina eventually will figure out who they want it wide and, we're seeing a lot of rumors rumbling that they want to get one in sooner rather than later via trade. I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mike Evans could be a potential uh, fit there. And what might that do to a guy like Bryce Young? But at the time, as far as it goes for right now, he's off the radar as far as starting him in your lineup. Again, do not panic in Dynasty and sell him for pennies on the dollar. It doesn't make sense. Hubbard and Sanders are banged up, and so, you know, kind of staying away from them right now. And then you're probably starting Adam Thiel because he's just been really freaking good. He has at least eight targets and 54 receiving yards in each of his last three games. You're probably finding room for Adam Thielen right now and find out uh, as a flex play. Yeah, Brett, the, the biggest thing for me is I'm hoping this week, and I know Andy Dalton was in at quarterback that game, I'm hoping for the the matchup that Carolina had in Seattle where they're kind of hanging on, but they're slinging the ball around. I think that's exactly what you want, and it'll boost the confidence of, of Bryce Young, 
it'll boost the confidence of Adam Thielen, even though it's already boosted because he's he's been a monster so far. And good job to us, Brett. Uh, we we definitely called that. We we've been waiting for it, and it, the time has finally come. He's clearly the number one guy. I'm starting him in. I think I have him in three or four leagues. I'm starting him in every single one of them. Detroit's defense is not is not great when it comes to the passing game. Their pass rush is really good with Aiden Hutchinson. But if if Bryce Young and and he's going to have to, he's going to if he gets the ball out and he's slinging it around Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen is the guy right now, Brett. If Carolina we're looking at the running back situation, if Sanders is healthy, you got to start him. I think he he's probably your your flex option or your RB2. That's where you drafted him to to be. And Detroit's run defense is not is not great. They they had a really solid game last week up in Green Bay. But if if Sanders is in the lineup, you you definitely have to start him. For Detroit, Brett, I have Justin Herbert on a bye this week, and it's Jared Goff week. My backup quarterback coming in. I'm confident. Heading into this one, yes, it could end up being a Monty game, and he might not be with Amonra St. Brown. If Amonra is in, of course, you're starting him. But I'm Jared Goff, a streamer this week, definitely got to look at. It's just a really, really good matchup on his home field. I think I, we spoke about it before. Monty, you're starting him. Gibbs, I'm not afraid to, to bench him until I, I really see what's going on. And then Laporta, especially if Amonra's out, Laporta, you're you're putting him in as your tight end one. Yeah, just last thing on Thielen. I think that we saw it actually in our dynasty league this week. He got flipped. And I think right now, Adam Thielen, especially in dynasty, is a very good still high candidate. Um, I'm not sure his value is going to get much higher over his career. I think it's pretty. It's in a pretty good spot right now. Obviously, I've, if you have him, like you're starting him, unless somebody comes calling with a high offer, like, you know, it's a guy you could probably get a lot for right now. And we still have actually for a second round rookie pick in dynasty. And so, you know, as part of a larger trade, but I think the, the value equated to about a second round pick for Thielen, which I think is pretty great considering we didn't really see that last year. We didn't think that it was going to be anything close to that. Um, but as far as, Detroit goes, listen, yeah, you're right. Goff, just based on how the running game is and they're leaning into the run and the defense is expecting the run and Goff is just kind of doing that quick play action rollout and then just dump it over the linebackers. And yeah, it's not a mile this week. I think that that's sort of where you're going to see the Khalif Raymond and Jamison Williams role be. Um, and yes, Jamison will be in a snap count, like I said, but I think that Goff is a very good super flex start this week because of that option. Uh, he's been getting a points just based on that. And like we spoke about before, Monty, he has been Jamal Williams plus and, you know, the, the percentage of snaps and all of that, you're, you're rolling him out there as, as a running back one. Um, as far as Gibbs goes, still a strong flex play for me. You know, he doesn't have the touchdowns right, right now, but at the same time, He's a flex play, and if you have better options, I'm not going to fault you for going against those up, upside options. Um, but you know, he's a flex play at best right now for Gibbs. Amonra listed as Dowell, you know, like we said, that might mean 40 something carries for, for Monty this week, and we'll see what happens. But 
Uh, seriously, it'll, it'll mean more run. Uh, the other thing, though, is Sam Laporta, stash him and, and, uh, or, or uh, put him in your lineup, top tight end. Uh, could finish as a top three tight end. And I would say from the, from the stashing standpoint, as far as wides go, uh, stash Jamison Williams. He's available in a ton of leagues right now. And the next couple of weeks, I think they're going to start to ramp him up. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, and as far as Khalif Raymond goes, I, I would say he's probably the guy that has the upside. And so in the deepest of leagues, I would say add him. And just yeah. add him, just based on the fact that we we don't know what the future is for Amon Ra. How bad the injury is. Yeah, I I agree with you, Brett. I'm I'm excited. To, uh, my my big league, a golf Laporta stack this week against Carolina. Let's do it. It could it could prove to actually be a really good stack and a really smart one, um, because I think this is going to be one of those games where. They feast. <laughs> Plain and simple, I think Detroit's going to feast this week. 100%. Uh, another team who's a pretty good segue here. Another team who might feast pretty well is the Miami Dolphins this week. Um, I mean, this could be one of those just the worst blowout. And I say that very lightly just based on the fact that the Giants have already been the victim of quite a few blowouts this year. This one could end up being the worst, though as Miami who put up a 70 pointer a couple of weeks ago. And now they go up against a giant team that has struggled completely. And, and I mean, I want to just quickly start here on the giants. I, <laughs> the sky has fallen. The sky has fallen completely on pretty much every single one of their fantasy values. Uh, Daniel Jones is a potential candidate right now, which I think is insane to say, just based on the fact that, at the end of last year, he was amazing, and then he got awarded with $40 million a year, and now they're like, wait a minute, should we have given the money to Saquon? Hmm, should we have just franchise-tagged Daniel Jones for one year and then got rid of him and looked elsewhere? Like All those questions are going through the coaching staff and the, the management over there at the Giants, and you know a lot of buyer's remorse. And so, yeah, Daniel Jones, potential drop candidate, pretty low in every statistical category. Saquon, we'll see about his stats, but otherwise I'm staying away from all of them. Staying away from the wide receivers because of Daniel Jones. And I would say the only guy you can maybe start is Darren Waller. And if you have a better tight end option like a Sam Porter, you're playing him, obviously. And so for me, I would say there is a, a cringeworthy tight end one. Yeah, I agree with you. It, the thing about Waller is just tight end is so thin. We keep mentioning it. Right. Mentioning it, it's like it, if you don't have another option, yeah, yeah, all right, you got to start Darren Waller. And then it, it was it was a bad week last week. Clearly, the three receptions for twenty one yards total, five point one fantasy points for Darren Waller and PPR. I, it's not great, and and you're hoping that times will be better. I think it's going to be a very pass heavy game this week. So hopefully, hopefully he can get some good targets from Daniel Jones and, and rack up some receptions. I think they're going to get the doors blown off him down in Miami, especially after Miami got that last week uh, against Buffalo. They're trying to prove something. Hey, wait one second. That was just one week. We're back. We're, we're going to get things going. And Miami, it's a it's a full go for me against this Giants defense. Tua, Mostert, Achan, 
Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. I think that's those are the, the five guys you're really looking at. Every single one of them has a ton of upside this week against this defense. Achan, oh my goodness, Brett. Like <laughs> it's it's just out of nowhere because Mostert, we were talking about, oh my God, what a great game. A couple of weeks ago, he had three touchdowns. Then he had the game, then he split it with Achan, and they, they were both putting up points. And then last week, it was just Achan. <laughs> Eight attempts on the ground, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. Not a big amount of, of touches, and he's just making it work. Three receptions as well on five targets for 19 yards. You got to start him. You, you have to start him right now, and he could end up taking over for – Raheem Mostert, if this if we keep going on this track. Yeah, I think that it as far as Miami goes, listen, for the quarterback situation, like quarterback eight right now for two, I think you're starting him. And you know, if you have him in dynasty, you're excited about it just based on how the last year has gone for him with the injuries and, and the concussions and, and all of that. Um, you're excited. So you're rolling two out there. Uh, as far as the running back situation goes, yeah, this is a change backfield. He's pl- he's played 60% of snaps. He finishes as a top five running back. You mentioned it, 120 yards. Dominated the routes, the red zone opportunities, pretty much all that you could want out of a running back. And, you know, a lot of people drafted him pretty late in the draft. And now they're, they're pretty excited about that. Um, you know, this could get kind of murky once Jeff Wilson gets back there. But for now, it's the A-Chain show. Uh, we talked about – I talked a little bit about how Najee's explosive rate has been awesome, and he's been second. A-Chain is the top guy in the explosive attempts and run rate. Uh, top in the league in missed tackles, force per attempt. Top in the league in yards after contact. You're starting him right now as running back one. And I – you know, I'm pretty excited. I – picked him in one of my leagues and you know he has I have McCaffrey in the league and so it was like okay you know I got Kenneth Walker that's my running back too no I think right now my running back too is AJ just based on the fact of that this is exactly what Mike Daniel spoke about back when and you know we we actually we did talk about it in dynasty perspective when we were breaking down the rookie class just based on the fact that Moster Jeff Wilson they consistently cannot stay healthy uh, and so from a dynasty perspective, like a chain was a great, just based on that. It's the reason why people were considering him at the back end of the first round in the rookie drafts. Um, and he was, you know, going no lower than first couple picks of the second round of the rookie drafts. And that was the reason why they spoke so highly of him. They saw the angry run. Um, so yeah, you're putting him in there right now as, as a running back one Mostert right now, he's a flex play and, my guess is, based on the fact that they're playing the Giants and that this could be a blowout, Mostert, the reason I'm putting him in the flex is because I think they'll pull A-Chain out at some point. I think that this could be one of those games where they're up by so much and and it doesn't really matter anymore. So they don't want to risk A-Chain getting hurt. And so that's where Mostert may get a, a lot of work down the stretch there. Uh, obviously, you're starting Waddle, you're starting Tyree. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the thing right now is I'm a little worried about Waddle um, just because it has not been great so far this season. I think uh, we, we need to calm down just a tiny bit. Uh, people are freaking out about him. 
I'm a little worried. Yes, because because there's Tyreek Hill right in front of him. So he's going to get a ton of targets. I think the time will come and all of a sudden there's going to be the next couple of weeks or so. Brett, I apologize for the, the fire trucks outside. I think when They're you look at <laughs> Jalen Waddle, you have to think that a, a game in, in the next game or two that a big game's coming. Like they're going to yeah. say, wait a second, Jalen Waddle, he's still the guy. He could still be a wide receiver one on most teams. This guy's going to break out one week or another. Could be this week against this Giants team. Yeah, I think Waddle's a really good buy low candidate right now because we've seen what he's able to do. And there's a lot of people who are out there not trusting him um, just based on the, the start of the season and how he's done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would go out and get Waddle. I think that. Even in like a dynasty perspective, like there's a lot of people who anti-waddle right now who have him. Uh, probably something you could take advantage of if if they got a lot of wide receiver depth. Yeah, definitely, Brett. All right, so now we jump over to Los Angeles as we hit the 405 window, and Philadelphia will take on the Rams. Zach, this is an interesting game here from the Rams' perspective because it seems that Cooper Cup is going to come back. What do you think it's going to be like? with Cooper Cup and Puka both in the same lineup? I have no clue, Brett. I'm, I'm just waiting to be <laughs> said. I'm going to be completely out. I have no clue because this guy, Puka Nakua, I mean, he's just been unbelievable. And how can you change that for Cooper Cup, who's been out the last couple of weeks? When it comes to Cup, you got to start him if he's playing. You drafted him probably first or second round. You have to put them in your lineup. But when it comes to the the share of both of them, that's a, that's a wait and see. I'm starting both of them, even though it's a, it's probably a difficult matchup against Philadelphia. I'm starting both of them. I'm also starting Kyron Williams this week just because he's been amazing. 25 attempts last week, 103 yards, two touchdowns, three receptions on three targets, 24 yards. Those three guys, Williams, Nakua, and Cup a trio in this offense could be like, I, I think we could be talking about top 10 overall guys. <laughs> like they are all unbelievable. They really put up big numbers each and every week. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if these three went off. Yeah. I mean, we, we actually, again, we saw it in our league in dynasty where cup actually got traded and it was I think, kind of smart because we, it's so unknown of what, actually is going to happen and cup was a sell high candidate getting some mul multiple picks there um you know I, i'm curious what happens with with it i'm playing buka uh i'm being told that it's he it, puka nakua still means to worry and so i'm putting him in my lineup cooper cup if you got him you're putting him in your lineup right now i think tutu atwell i think i'm gonna stash him on my bench and just kind of see what happens uh i'm not sure what exactly his role is going to be so therefore you know i'm not i'm not sure uh tyler higby though i am playing him this week i think that the passing defense has not been that great for philadelphia and so you know there's a potential there um kyron williams you're putting him in and touchdown potentials high he's always on the field he doesn't come off and so that is the reason i'm putting him in there and then uh, I think we learned a couple weeks ago when the Vikings played against them that the Eagles' pass defense isn't exactly what it used to be. 
And so, you know, they have the seventh higher pass, seventh highest passer rating and the third most passing touchdowns allowed in the league. I think that that is a really good matchup for Matt Stafford. And so, you know, especially in super flex leagues, you're starting them pretty confidently. And, you know, he's a potential guy that you'll look at as a back end quarterback one. Yeah, definitely fair, Brad. Let's quickly move to Philly. I think you're starting Hertz, you're starting Swift and, and then Brown, Smith as well as uh, Goddard. Those five guys, I think you, you definitely got to focus on them. Swift, not a great week last week, but did enough. Uh, obviously, they were down in the game, and they had to, to kind of come from behind against Washington. He had 14 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown, really big, because it, it probably saved the day, I would say, for DeAndre Swift. Four receptions on four targets, 23 yards, and then – Devonta Smith, we talked about A.J. Brown the big week before. Seven receptions for Devonta Smith on nine targets, 78 yards, no touchdowns. And then, God, you're, you're going to start him this week against the Rams. I see a pretty, a pretty intriguing viewer question that we'll get to in a minute here in the comments. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're starting all your guys here for Philly. Hurts, Swift, A.J., Devonta, Goddard, start them all. Um, I don't know that there's too much dispute. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, so let's get to this viewer in here. I'm checking out. Hey, guys, I am 4-0 in my 12-man league. I just got offered Derrick Henry, D-Hop, Cooper Cup, David Montgomery for A.J. Brown, Jerome Ford, Hollywood Brown, and Dalvin Cook. A lot of firepower going both ways. Who do you think gets the better end of this deal? So, Brett, this is a, this is a really, really hard one because – I, uh, the best way when it comes to like big, big deals, multiple, multiple guys, three or four guys going each way, I think you have to look at each guy and, and kind of pair mm -hmm. them with the it, their opponent. So for right now, uh, let's start at the top. I think A.J. Brown, I'd take over Derrick Henry. I think when you look at Jerome Ford, it's a question mark, yes, because of Kareem Hunt, but He's proved that week after week, if Deshaun Watson's in the lineup, that he's going to be really good. I, He had Cups right next to him. But my one thing about Cup, yes, the Rams are going for it, but I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I'd probably take Cup over Jerome Ford. I, I think that's, that's fair to say. When it comes to the last two, because D-Hop has not been great. And the other question is if you want to pair Derrick Henry and D-Hop on your roster. You got to look at that. If you don't like that, then then obviously you won't want the trade. I think when it comes to Hollywood Brown compared to David Montgomery, I don't know about season long. It's it's tough because Hollywood Brown, he's going to get targets because Arizona is probably going to be down in a lot of games. So he's going to get the target share. Montgomery, I don't know how you, you really get rid of him right now. It's, it's, the value is there. And then when it comes to Dalvin Cook and D-Hop, probably going to pick D-Hop just because of the rest of the season value. I don't know, Brett. It's it's a really, really tough one. And he just added that he, he would be willing to change Myers for D-Hop. I think, Brett, I'd probably, if you're 4-0, I hate to say it, I might stay put. I think you might disagree. It's just – Yeah, I – it's a lot of firepower. Listen, there's a lot of upside that you're chasing with Henry. D-Hop's getting his target share. 
Cup, we, again, it's still unknown. There's the potential that he does get that. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And then Monty, you know, he's right now, again, like we just were speaking about, he's a running back one right now. I, I don't know that there's too much dispute about it. On the other side, listen, A.J. Brown's been awesome. I think that's the main part of your piece. That's your main piece in this trade. And then after that, it kind of goes downhill. Yes, there's Jerome Ford. He's a starting running back in the league, you know, but at the same time, I'm not sure that Hollywood Brown and Dalvin Cook are that much of a stronger option. I would take the deal, honestly. Uh, I think that Deep's target share is great. I think that, you know, that'll continue to get better. Um, I would have taken this deal here just based on the upside. You're still getting Cooper Cup back. And, you know, so you're getting two guys with massive target shares. A guy who's a running back one, a guy with the potential of being a running back one. I think it's a really good package. And yeah, it's four, you're four and oh, and it's a four person trade. It's kind of scary to make at that point. You know, I, I can understand why you'd be against it. I would go for it though. Fair enough. I, I mean, you could see both <laughs> sides of it. Yeah, completely. Um, so now we jump in to our next four o'clock game here and it's Cincinnati and Arizona and Zach we, we spoke a little bit about Cincinnati and Joe Burrow is listen he's a buy low candidate right now dynasty and redraft um based like the whole offense sort of seems broken he's probably a back-end quarterback one if you have better options you're probably starting those guys over Burrow which is kind of scary to say and listen it's, you know on the other side of the field Josh Dobbs like he's been going off. Like he's a potential guy that might start over Joe Burrow, which is nuts to say um, at the beginning of the year that hey, I benched Josh Dobbs for Joe Burrow. Um, but listen, the whole offense seems broken, and so yeah, I I, I don't know that Joe Burrow's value is going to be this low. And so oh hey, Man United just scored uh, in the 96 minute. That was pretty crazy. Um, and so you know, I don't know that his value is going to be that low. But right now he's a back-end one, so probably can go get Burrow. I don't know that you could get him for that low um, ever again in his career, especially. And so if you have Joe Burrow and you're panicking about him, I wouldn't trade him. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that are angry about it. So can't fault him. Um, Joe Mixon, though. Listen, he's back 22 right now in fantasy. That's probably where he is this week. He's probably that running back two guy. And so you're probably putting them in chase. You're putting in Higgins is not going to play probably. And so Boyd, a very low end flex play, like I said, uh, but you have better options. Yeah. I think that there's something to, to really look at with Cincinnati because the last week was a disaster for them and they're trying to, to bounce back. It's not going to be an easy matchup against Arizona. I'm, I'm still, with I'm with you. I think Burrow, you're it depends on your options. If you have a really good backup, please start him. Please do it. Because you're you're gonna be relying on on Joe Burrow with one calf right now. I think that's that's what we're you're looking at. Mixing you you have to probably start him against Arizona this week. Um he's gonna be he's the one that I'm like, all right, he's locked into my lineup. Chase, I'm also I would say, all right, there's two guys you're locked in your lineup, Mixon and Chase. Those two guys, you really can't put them on your bench. Everybody else, 
is a question mark for me, Brett. I think there's there's really no like optimism right now with any of these guys, especially uh, with how they've been playing in the in these first couple of weeks. Let's quickly move to to Arizona, Brett. Is Josh Dobbs on the on the fantasy radar? He is. I think he's. I think he is. I think he. I think he's a great super flex option. Just listen. He's got two top ten finishes in the last three games. Um, you're playing him, and it's crazy to say, but you're playing him. Um, you know, if you have one of those quarterback stewards on a bye, you're through. You have Josh Dobbs on your team because I think it's a good matchup for him against Cincinnati, a team that's struggled against quarterbacks. Um, James Conner. This is going to be a James Conner game, I think. Uh, he's a great running back, too. Like, probably one of the higher-end running back two options. Has the potential to finish as a running back one. Um, Hollywood Brown's probably getting into the lineup as, like, a, probably like a wide receiver three flex option. Uh, not really playing Michael Wilson this week. As I alluded to earlier, I think that they're going to shadow him a ton just based on the target share he's been getting the last couple weeks. Um, and Zach Ertz... You know, he's a pretty solid option in there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think when you look at Dobbs, yeah, he's, he's an option in Superflex, especially if he's able to keep going uh, with what he's been doing. I think Connor is a, a big option each and every week now. Definitely a guy, probably a sell high right now, just because he's he's put up really, really good numbers so far this season. And he's he's the guy in this offense, especially if they're, they're up in games, which they have been, especially at home then he's a guy to really, really look at um, to, to get on your roster. I think Hollywood Brown, you got to keep starting him. Seven receptions on 10 targets, 96 yards, no touchdowns. Those will come, I think, as he keeps building that chemistry with Josh Dobbs. Looking at Michael Wilson, you mentioned it. I'd probably stay away. He's a low-end flex, but seven receptions on seven targets for 76 yards last week and two touchdowns against San Francisco. And Ertz, he's a low-end flex for me. I think if if you got an option at tight end that you, you're not confident about, you could throw in Ertz. I think he'll get some targets on their home field. All right, before we get to our next game, we got some breaking news. And no, it is not that Man United scored two goals in stoppage time to win the game against Brentford and ultimately save their season. Uh, no, the uh, according to Adam Schefter and multiple reports here, Jonathan Taylor will play this weekend. The injury designation has been lifted on the ankle, and he is fully healthy. And Jonathan Taylor is full go. Zach, I think you know, we've spoken about it a couple of times here on, on today's episode. You're probably playing Jonathan Taylor now in your lineup just with this news, and you're probably benching Zach Moss. Yep, I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it a lot. I think he's he's if you got him on your roster, you got to put him in. Yeah, it's Jonathan Taylor. I don't know that you could fault anybody for uh, jumping up and down right now. If they're a Jonathan Taylor owner and they got him in the sixth round or the seventh round or the eighth round of those uh, those drafts were happening in the last couple of days leading up to the season, um, those people are a stack. Um, you know. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can start Zach Moss in any capacity now. Um, so probably heads to the bench for you as well. And and so jump over to this next matchup. And Zach, we actually got a Zach Wilson game, his best game. And I think 
amazing. The big stat that came out to me was that Zach Wilson is the only quarterback to outplay Patrick Mahomes in every quarterback statistical category in Patrick Mahomes' entire career, college and professional. It's Wilson who outplayed him. I think that that stat is unreal. And just based on, listen, Zach Wilson, he got thrown through the ringer the last couple of weeks. And, you know, obviously, you know, you and I have spoken about it off stream and how he's a good quarterback. They just they weren't really putting him in the right spots. He wasn't making great decisions. And, you know, he was supposed to be a backup this year to Aaron Rodgers. Now all of a sudden he comes in and they're treating him like he was supposed to be the starter. And so it's a lot of unfair criticism, like he's a backup coming in. And so I think that Zach Wilson actually proved himself that he does have value not only as an NFL quarterback, but also as a fantasy quarterback, scoring, you know, over 20 points this past week against the Chiefs. Now he gets a really good matchup against the Denver Broncos. I think he's a potential streaming option this week. I agree with you, Brett. And and there's a couple quarterbacks on buys right now. If you're you're really, really looking for one and it, and it comes down to the wire, why not? Why not take a shot on Zach Wilson? Well, if nobody else has, like this guy was unbelievable last week and there's no better time for a matchup against the Denver Broncos who continue to give up tons and tons and tons of yards on offense. Like they, they're the team to, to go up against. We, we talk about there's some teams each and every year that you're like, all right, if this team they're going up against this team, great. I'm going to start almost every guy. Like this is the week, especially against Denver who keeps giving up yards. I would say Wilson's a, a streaming option. I, I agree. And then maybe in Superflex, the, a QB2, you could throw him in there. I think when you look at Brees Hall, you're, you're starting this week. And you're also starting Garrett Wilson, who, yeah, you didn't have a ton of confidence in uh, while Zach Wilson was in at quarterback. Now that confidence is, is easing back. Yes, it was. he had nine receptions on 14 targets, 60 yards. Yes, the yards is not going to be great. But as Zach Wilson continues to to be more confident i think he's going to take more deep shots and that's where garrett wilson can really have an effect and, and really have an impact for for this jets offense sorry i'm taking Drake london out of my lineup here as i put jonathan taylor in there and thanks arthur smith for that one uh i would have been benching Drake london a couple weeks ago but whatever the case jumping to the jets here i mean yeah, he's a streaming option for me. Um, as far as Brees Hall goes, like, there's no snap count. Robert Sala has been pretty clear. There's not going to be a snap count for him. Roll him out, run back one potential here. And the reason is because of Dalvin Cook. Um, Dalvin Cook right now, he's just not been what Dalvin Cook has always been, which is that elusive running back. And he just he hasn't been that. He hasn't been at 100%. I don't know what it is exactly, whether it has to do with his preseason preparations and he wasn't in a camp over the summer uh, on a team and you know in spring. Like I, I don't know what the reason is for Dalvin Cook being the way that he is, but he, he doesn't look like the same player. Uh, right now, he's bench guy. And it's tough to say because he's Dalvin Cook, but he's a potential drop candidate at this point just in the season and it's scary to say that Garrett Wilson though listen you you said it you nailed it like 
Garrett Wilson has a 27% target share. Uh, he's eighth in red zone target. You're chasing that. Uh, you're not getting worried. I think the nerves were settled for a lot of people last week when he actually was found on by Zach Wilson. And so for me, he's a very strong uh, wide receiver too. And, you know, try to get back on the pace of put himself in the conversation for the top receiver. I think that that's pretty simple. Um, as far as the tight ends go, I mean, you know, Con for me is a guy that potentially could have some value in the next couple of weeks, uh, just based on the fact that we we've seen them play a lot of 12, uh, 12 formation where they're playing Conklin, they're playing the second guys sort of been rotating between Jeremy Rucker uh, and CJ Obama. Uh, they've been more of the blocking back though. And so I think, for me, Conklin's a guy that Zach Wilson found a ton last year. He got a ton of points. And as we start to heading to those weeks where you're on a bye and whatever, Conklin could be a potential guy that you stash just based on the touch upside. As far as the Broncos go, though, listen, Russell Wilson, he's not that great at football anymore. We, we've seen that. Uh, you know, this week is a tough matchup for him with that jet, Jets defense. So for me, he's a super flex option. Um, I think that Javante, for some reason, they keep putting these reports out that he's going to play, he's going to play. I think that's a smokescreen, actually. I think that they're nervous about uh, McLaughlin behind him, and, and so they're trying to hide it with the Javante might play thing. I'm not sure that Javante is going to play, though. McLaughlin, listen, he, he rushed for uh, 72 yards on seven carries, caught three passes for 32 yards in the touchdown last weekend. If Javante is not in the lineup, then I think he's a potential flex option. Perrine, same thing. Like uh, Samaje Piran, like potential, same thing. Again, it just depends on your league and what's the, what are the options that you have in the weeks and all of that. Like if you have Kenneth Walker and you're like, oh, I'm in a, a really big predicament here. Like I don't have a running back. Like yeah, you might want to hurt those guys. That said – you know, the Jets defense is still a tough matchup. And I think that their only real hole is on the run defense. So I think that, that that's the only reason why I would say them, even in a, in a tough defensive matchup, um, it's a potential thing where these running backs, you know, I feel like it happens every game with the Jets now where one of the, the running backs will have at least one big run uh, every single game. And so that it's about avoiding that for the Jets standpoint, but, you know, from the fantasy football perspective, I think that uh, you look at that Sutton, Judy right now are probably wide receiver twos at the best. Um, they're probably more wide receiver threes, I would say, um, with the potential that they go off. Remember, the Jets don't actually shadow. They kind of play zone a bit. And so it takes sides. And so I'm curious to see if Sean Payton actually, like, mixes up where his receivers are lined up. Um, throughout the game and, you know, not just lined up on the side the entire time. And this is a win one for Nathaniel Hackett game, just plain and simple. I think that the comments at the beginning of the season and anti uh, rant and anti Hackett rant from Peyton, I think that, that that's up on the bulletin boards all over the facility. This um, so, you know, I, I don't want to make a game prediction, but I think that uh, there could be some guys that go off for the Jets. Yeah, definitely, Brett. I, I think looking at Denver, Javante, it's a question mark. If he plays, you're maybe starting him, um, depending on your options. I think 
the rest of the guys, P. Ryan and, and McLaughlin, I just don't know which one's going to really be the guy. So I don't know if I'm really confident in starting either one of them, especially against this Jets defense. When it comes to the wide receivers, Jerry Judy, you might be starting him. I think you're probably starting him, but it's you don't have a ton of confidence. And Cortland Sutton, I would probably keep starting as long as he keeps putting up fantasy numbers, three receptions on five targets for 27 yards. Not great, but then he got a touchdown last week to really save that week. Keep putting him in your lineup if he, he continues to put up points. And then Marvin Mims, a deep shot threat, a low-end flex. In my mind, I think it, it it could be just a matchup-wise, probably stay away against this Jets defense, but somebody to really keep an eye on. Yep, so now we just jump over to the next one right away, and it's a battle. So two pretty good quarterbacks here, I would say. Kirk Cousins, who has had – an awesome start to his season and Patrick Mahomes I, I mean this is really going to come down to just who can get the ball I think it, I think this could end up being a shootout Kansas City's defense hasn't been amazing uh, Minnesota's defense hasn't been amazing by any stretch either and so this could be one of those where you're starting a ton of guys I think that's what people are, are looking at right now and Brett I, I, I I'm curious because I think Kansas City actually might take advantage of this matchup. And and Minnesota, although they, they won last week against Carolina, it just was not great. Like it's it really they're not playing super well right now. And I think Kansas City, like coming off a week where, oh wait, hold on on the Chiefs. The Jets kind of took it to them. What about this defense? I think they had it's a statement game in my mind for them because and they could really take advantage of this really weak Minnesota defense for Kansas city, Mahomes, Pacheco, Rashi Rice is a, a flex option in this one. And Travis Kelsey, those four guys are, are really what, who I'm focusing on Minnesota. Kirk cousins. Wasn't great last week, 12 completions on 19 attempts. That really stands out because Jordan Addison, no receptions on one target. TJ Hawkinson, two receptions on three targets. And Justin Jefferson had a, a really solid week, but it, it proves that the, the floor for Justin Jefferson is just super high. Only had, I think, six receptions last week, but still got a couple touchdowns, and it was a monster week for him. Uh, I think for Minnesota, you're starting Cousins, Madison, uh, Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson. Like, there's, there's a ton of guys you could start. I think you're, you're full go when it comes to Minnesota. Yeah, I'm starting all those guys from Minnesota. I think, you know, Hawk's going to still be a top five tight end. And, you know, you can even look at the potential of KJ Osborne because just they keep going to KJ Osborne. They don't want to really turn the page to Addison yet. Um, but you're still putting Addison there in a, as a flex option. I think that you know, he's proven himself to have that deep threat. Uh, Kansas City hasn't exactly been amazing against the deep ball. And so. Yeah, I think that's where it is. The, for Kansas City, it's a little interesting, though, as far as the wide receiver perspective goes, because we, again, don't really know who the one is. Yeah, you'd think Rashi Rice is, and he's a flex option for me this week. But at the same time, like, there's not that much confidence in anybody outside of Travis Kelsey. And and so, yeah, I think Rashi Rice is a good flex option this week, I think. You know, they're going to figure out that he's the guy. Um, but at the same time, like, 
you know, it's still a little murky. And so that that is still a big question mark. As far as the running back room goes, like Pacheco's been great. Uh, he's a running back too right now. And as far as Minnesota goes, like you're probably stashing Cam Akers. And as he starts to get a bigger workload, uh, Alexander Madison's been pretty good. He has three top 20 finishes. And uh, his last two games, I, have, I, I think, have been his best two games. And it probably has to do with the fact that, yeah, they just traded for Cam Akers and pressure on. So here he goes. And so... I'm curious how they mix in Cam Akers. And again, I'm not playing him by any means. You're kind of just stashing him on the end of the bench and waiting to see what happens. And, you know, there's a lot of leagues where he did get dropped. And so you can probably go try to pick him up and stash him on the end of the bench. Um, But you're playing Madison probably as a running back too right now. And I'd probably say about the same value there for Pacheco. And quarterbacks you're playing, Um, you know, you're rolling them both out there. Yeah, definitely agree, Brett. All right, so now let's jump to a Sunday night football matchup, and it is Dallas and San Francisco. Zach, I mean, Christian McCaffrey just absolutely went off last week, and I think he's got to be the running back one, and there's a lot of arguments out there that he could, he should have been the first overall pick in all of fantasy football over Justin Jefferson. It could have been, yeah. I mean, there's there's the argument right now, of course. Christian McCaffrey, um, a lot of people were were a little worried about Eli Mitchell. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, I think you look at McCaffrey, just what a game. 20 attempts uh, for 106 yards, three touchdowns, then seven receptions for on eight targets for 71 yards and a score. Just a really, really solid game against Arizona. It got close at one point. And if you were a Christian McCaffrey owner, that's exactly what you were asking for because they were going to keep riding with him. And he put up a ton of fantasy numbers. A really good week overall for him. Clearly the running back one right now in fantasy football. When it comes to the rest of San Fran, Ayuk is probably in my lineup. Debo Samuel was questionable coming into last week. And then it, it just was not a good week. He he played and it just, it was awful. No targets, no receptions, three attempts on the ground for six yards. For me, it's a, it's a, all right, hold on a second. He was injured and they didn't want to risk him. They were up for a fair amount in the game and they just kept riding with McCaffrey. Hold on just a minute. I think Debo Samuel will be fine. You got to put him in your lineup this week, even though Dallas's defense is pretty stout. The thing I'll say about Dallas's defense is, yeah, they were really good against they were they were really good against New England last week. Excuse me, but Trayvon Diggs being out, I feel like has hurt this defense a little bit, and San Fran could probably take advantage of a couple matchups on the outside with just Stephon Gilmore there for Dallas. Yeah, I think that it was pretty fair um, to that Debo had the decoy role last week. Um, again, they didn't really want to test him too much with the injury. Did take a really big shot uh, during the game the previous week. And so, yeah, I, I think that Debo probably heads back into your lineup. I listen, he's been the guy. And I think that this is a really good matchup for him. Right now he's the wide receiver nine in fantasy. Um Dallas, they love playing man coverage, but Ayuk's actually been better against man coverage than anything. Uh, I think that this is one of those wide receiver two with the potential of him finishing in the top 10 again. 
this uh, this week. As far as the tight end goes, Kittle, you're starting. You know, no questions asked. Um, and then McCaffrey, no questions asked. As far as it goes for Dallas, though, it's a little uh, interesting because Dak Prescott has sort of kind of fallen off the radar quite a bit, and part of it has to do with the fact that the defense just getting pick sixes and you know fumble returns for touchdowns and whatever, and the defense isn't allowing the offense to even come out for parts of it. Um, but you know, Dak has proven that he's probably a a mid-range super flex guy right now. I'm probably not starting him if I have a one quarterback. Uh, as far as the offense goes, though, I think that Tony Pollard right now has just been amazing. And that's the guy that I think uh, is going to feast in this week. Uh, yes, he's going up against a tough front, but at the same time, uh, he's probably a higher-end higher, higher end running back one just based on the volume. And then you're starting CeeDee Lamb out there as a higher-end wide receiver, too, I would say. Probably not starting anybody else. Um, you know, Jake Ferguson, yes, he's getting the targets, but you might have better options there at tight end. Yeah, I agree with you, Brett. Pollard and Lamb and then, and then Ferguson. Yeah, I, Ferguson was great last week. Seven receptions on seven targets, 77 yards. A lot of sevens last week for Jake Ferguson and no touchdowns, I think. You're probably if you have them, you could have a better option. I think looking at it, though, Pollard and and CD are are definitely the guys that you're you're starting for Dallas this week. All right, so we got a question here from a viewer. CCAC Sports wants to know who would you start in a flex and a half PPR? McLaughlin, Jonathan Taylor, who yes, we just broke the news; he has been activated. Or Gus Edwards has Josh Jacobs and James stars. First off, great job because you got a good, solid running back core. I think that having Jonathan Taylor, I'm not sure that you got really high. Um, you know, awesome. I'm rolling Jonathan Taylor out there this week. I think that uh, how could you – like I've, I said earlier in the in the broadcast, like if you have Jonathan Taylor on your bench and he goes off for 40 points, you're feeling way worse than if you have him in your lineup and he scores two points. Um the fact that they just lifted the injury thing tells me he's he wasn't hurt in the first place. They were just kind of using it as a smoke screen. And um, I think that Taylor's going to be his normal workload. I, I don't know that there's going to be any sort of restriction on him. So I'm starting him. Yeah, that's fair, Brad. I think he's the, he's the guy. And yeah, those are those are two solid flex options. But you drafted Jonathan Taylor to, to put him in your lineup. Is, and if you compare him up with Josh Jacobs and James Cook, put them in your lineup for this week. All right. And so uh, we jump over to another question here from Ray. He has his entire team here. Hurts, Ave Waddle, Metcalf, Christian Watson, Jacoby Myers, Jamison Williams, Barkley, Montgomery, Moss, Jaleel, uh, Hawkinson, Ertz, Jake Moody, Eagles defense, and the Ravens defense, Nick Chubb to the IR. And uh, he said he wants to trade Iquan Barkley and try to get a new running back one. Who can I get for him? Zach, who do you think is right there valued there? Um, he said he likes trading Barkley and Metcalf for JT and ETN since that person has Bijan. Um, do you think that he should go out and try to trade Saquon Barkley for, say, Jonathan Taylor? For Jonathan Taylor? 
I would wait a week. I would I would just wait to see what the deal is because I I think he, he he's saying Barkley for Eckler as well was was not uh, he was not able to do so. I think the couple of guys you're you're really looking at is Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard could be an option. Like those three guys are are really the the main ones right now. I think you can't get much of an upgrade for a guy like Saquon Barkley because when he's healthy, he's he's going to be in the top five most likely uh, a fair amount of weeks. Even if the Giants are are struggling, he's going to get his fair amount of work. I think Bijan is is a guy to look at. I also think Tony Pollard is a guy to look at if if a trade for Eckler was was rejected. Yeah, I'm going to say reach high on Saquon. Again, the Giants' offense is struggling. He is the one high point right now. I think if you potentially package Barkley with somebody, you could uh, you could go out and get a guy like a Bijan. I think that that's you know, an attainable thing, especially if you're saying that this person has Jonathan Taylor and ETN and Bijan and Devon Achan. Uh, it, it is a potential guy that he would go be willing to trade um, yeah, listen, if Jonathan Taylor goes off, then yeah, I, I understand where he would want to uh, be able to pivot off of there. So I would recommend, yeah, package package Barkley with one of your wides and, and try to go after a higher package. That's what I would say. Yeah. And like I said, Bijan, Tony Pollard, like those guys, I, I would rank right now ahead of Saquon Barkley. Yep. So now let's break down our last game here. It's the Monday night game, Green Bay and Las Vegas. Zach, we just spoke a little bit about Josh Jacobs. Do you think anything really changes here, though, this weekend? I think when you we look at Green Bay, uh, well, well, let's start off with Vegas. I think Josh Jacobs, like your, your full go for Josh Jacobs this week, based on what David Montgomery was able to do last week against this this Packers front like really dominated them and now you look at, at Devontae Adams as well eight receptions last week 13 targets 75 yards no touchdowns like the solid week with Aiden O'Connell in at quarterback I think it you when it look when you look at Ve, uh, look at Vegas excuse me it's Josh Jacobs Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers for me I think that's the the three options you're looking at right now. Really, nobody else in this Vegas offense. It all somewhat depends on uh, if Jimmy G is playing, which it looks like he's on a, a good track right now to play on Monday, Brett, looking like it. Those three guys are really the guys I'm focusing on right now for Vegas. Yeah, I don't know that there's anybody else there that factors in. I think that you know, as far as like uh, Garoppolo goes, like he's a very low end super flex play. I, I'm not sure that there's much else um, other than three guys that you just seen there. As far as Green Bay goes, listen, this is uh, this is the the second coming of Brett Favre, the second coming of Aaron Rodgers. I'm full go on Jordan Love. I think that Jordan Love is really going to start to cement himself as the top of fantasy quarterback. Uh, he's been that three of his last four games, finishing his quarterback three, quarterback six, quarterback 12. Uh, I, I think that we're starting to get into uh, feeling the love. And so I think that uh, as, far as, as far as it goes with the, uh, the Packers, sorry, uh, Aaron Jones, 
probably got some running back one upside. And I think that he's totally taken away A.J. Dillon's uh, workload. I, I'm not sure that Dillon has proven himself to be much of anything. He's a very sell-low candidate right now for me, uh, especially if you want to give him to the guy who has Aaron Jones. Like, he, he's not going to do anything. I don't know that he even had standalone value when Aaron Jones was hurt. Uh, struggled a lot pretty recently, and so – yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, as far as Christian Watson goes, buy low. Buy low on Christian Watson. I think that a lot of the injury concerns and all of that uh, has dipped his value, and that's something that you kind of want to take advantage of. He didn't do a lot last week, and obviously he was still banged up. Um, and then this week he was pretty limited, and so probably not starting, but probably can get him for not a lot. Uh, Dobbs, you're probably putting there flex roll. Jaden Reed, listen, Jaden Reed has been pretty awesome. Uh, 64% run route. Uh, he's been the starter, starting slot guy. So for me, that warrants a potential flex value in this. Uh, I don't think that Luke Musgrave is this top guy that I would have. You probably have other tight ends, but at the same time, like Luke Musgrave has been pretty intriguing and the Raiders aren't exactly great against tight ends, and so it's a potential, you know, depending on their league thing, I would say. But at the same time, uh, Luke Griffith, at least somebody who's who's on the radar, and if out there in the league, probably a guy you can stash in into your bench. Yeah, Brett. The, I mean, when you look at Green Bay, it's Aaron Jones right now. Uh, Probably starting Jordan Love in in a, if you need a streamer, like it's a really good matchup against Vegas. I think you look at the wide receivers. Christian Watson wasn't great last week, but got the touchdown, and and that was important for for his fantasy output on the on the in the game against Detroit. wasn't a great one for Green Bay. When you look at Romeo Dobbs, nine receptions on thirteen targets, ninety five yards, and no touchdowns, but the the amount of targets he got from Jordan Love just proves that Dobbs is definitely a flex option uh, with upside of wide receiver two each and every week right now. It may start to dip as Watson gets more comfortable in this offense, but right now you got to keep starting Dobbs, I would say. And when you when it comes to Musgrave, it's it's hard to fight fine tight ends. It's a good matchup this week against Vegas. Depending on your options, you, you'll probably have to figure something out. Yep. So now, Zach, let's jump into the final stretch here as we go into our lock of the weeks and ones to watch. Last week uh, seemed to be a pretty good week for you. You picked Adam Thielen, finished with 15.2 PPR points. Uh, I took Tank Dell, who, you know, it didn't do that well, but it's okay. Listen, Tank Dell is going to be a thing. And, uh, you know, now, now we go into this week and you're up 3 1 in the standings here. And so you get first pick. And I just talked about one of these guys. I talked about him in, in the last game, Green Bay against Vegas. And my guy, the lock of the week, is Romeo Dobbs. What a, what a performance last week against Detroit. Wasn't a great game for Green Bay, but it was a great game for Romeo Dobbs. Nine receptions on 13 targets, 95 yards. If he keeps putting up those numbers, why not keep starting him? I think he, it's a solid matchup against Vegas this week. He's proven to be one of Love's top targets, maybe even his top target. So I uh, keep rolling with them. Uh, and like I said, it's a good matchup this week in Vegas. 
And my lock of the week is the guy that I spoke about actually earlier in the show it is Michael Thomas. And I think the reason is because Chris Olave is the top option, obviously, over there in New Orleans. And I think that this is going to be that week where Belichick tries to double Olave as much as he possibly can, freeing up some targets for Michael Thomas. I think it's pretty surprising where Michael Thomas's value has gone just in the last number of weeks. And you know, obviously, he's been able to stay healthy, and I think that that's the biggest reason why. Um, at the same time, he's drawing a ton of targets. I think that that continues again this week, and and so we have Michael Thomas there as my lock of the week. Now we go to ones to watch, and Zach, these are guys that are owned in 50% or less of leagues, and this is a guy you've spoken about quite a bit. Or first, let's just break down last, last week you picked Marvin Mims, 6.7 PPR points, and you know, Roshan Johnson, who didn't do that well. And we'll see actually what happens this week now, though, uh, as Khalil Herbert does battle some injury concerns. And so, yes, Roshan is a guy that you would probably want to go out and pick up. Marvin Mims, same thing. But for this week, Zach, you picked the Kansas City Chief. I did, and I picked Rashi Rice, and it's it's based on the schedule coming up. The schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs before their bye week is remarkable. It's amazing. There is, you're going to love it. Like there are a ton and I mean a ton of great opponents to go up against like weak pass defenses. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to take advantage of those. Rashi Rice for me is, is a guy to, to watch maybe this week. If you haven't grabbed him already, he could have a, a solid game against Minnesota. But I think the, the the schedule coming up, really, really good opponents, and it should be beneficial to Rashi Rice as we go on in, in later stages of this season. All right. Well, I'm going to get to my ones to watch in, in uh, just a minute. We have some breaking news here. Jonathan Miller has signed a three-year extension with the Colts, $42 million, $26.5 million guaranteed. Zach makes him one of the highest paid players at running back. It probably solves most of the running back market. It's crazy how this has changed just in the sense of the Jim Irsay comments to now. They signed into a massive three deal. Um, I think Taylor's value now is just back up to what it was. I think it's back up to what it was for – Right now, I think I need to see a couple of games first, and and then uh, then I'll build that confidence. Um, if he gets back to solid, Jonathan Taylor, oh yeah, I'm I'm all go. But I saw a bad season from him last year. I saw a couple injuries, and then I see a holdout right now. So like, not a holdout, but but on the pup list for a while. I'm gonna pump the brakes just for a second here, Brett. Give me like two weeks. And then uh, I'll see how I'm feeling. It is wild to me, though, just how this has gone in the last little while. The circus with Jim Arcee and the circus that he created saying we're not going to pay him and they go back on the word and they pay him. You, you can't make that up. Unbelievable. Um, just had to sneak that one in there. As far as back to the ones to watch, though, listen, Rashi Rice, I agree with you. I think that he's going to figure out – they're going to figure out he's the number one guy. Uh, Pat Mahomes literally asked for him to be on the team, and they went out and they picked him. So definitely a guy who should be added in most leagues. 
my guy is another guy I think uh, we spoke we spoke about a little bit towards the beginning of the broadcast. It's Jamison Williams, and I think part of it has to do with that role that I was just talking about, play action and dip it. You know, he dumps it right over the, the linebackers, J.R. Goff, and that's going to be Jamison Williams, I think, for the bulk of the workload as they start to get Amon Ra back out wide. Um, obviously, this is a guy who's owned in, you know, 38% of ESPN leagues right now, so he's available in over 60% of leagues. That's, you know, a lot, and, and I'm not quite sure why everyone doesn't want him, and maybe it had to do with the suspension. You know, originally it was six games, got reduced down to four, um, but at the same time, I think that this is a guy who has proven he's going to be really talented. Last year he was dealing with injury, and so they had to slowly work him in, but, you know, there were some games where it was like, okay, this guy, he's going to be really good, and he was on a snap count, and that was the reason why he couldn't produce at high volume because the end of the season coming off of the ACL injury. But for me, I think that this is going to be one of those offenses as, you know, after Monra, they – you know, Khalif Raymond, like, I'm not sure that Khalif Raymond and, and Josh Reynolds are going to be these high volume guys. And so, yeah, I think Jamison Williams is, is a potential candidate now that, especially with Amonra being injured. And again, we really don't know the extent of the injury. Uh, he is listed as doubtful for this week. Even as they lean into the run, I think Jamison Williams is going to be one of those guys that you could go out and grab and in dynasty right now, he's a, a buy extremely low for uh, where he was drafted. Yeah, Brad, I, I think that the biggest thing for Williams was not a lot of people had him roster because he was suspended and, and that takes up kind of a roster spot. People don't really want to deal with that too much. I Now this is it's the time to, to go out and get him if he's available in your league. I agree with you. He's also going to be uh, a, a guy to, to target next week because we'll, we'll see what he's able to do. Uh, against a weak Carolina defense this week. So, uh, Zach, we have an over two-hour show again, and I think it had to do with a lot of these uh, viewer questions, which are awesome. We love interacting with everybody and, you know, always get your comments in throughout, and we're going to answer as many of them as we can. Um, Zach, we're looking forward to week five. I'm kind of curious to see now, just with this late-breaking news in the last couple of minutes with Jonathan Taylor, Signing that deal, what it looks like now with Anthony Richardson, they're going to have the two of them playing on the same offense, leading into the run. I'm not sure what it means for Michael Pittman. I guess we'll find out, though, next week. Yeah, I think the future is bright right now in Indianapolis. A lot of optimism as Taylor signs that new deal. Pretty crazy, though, just, with the, again, with the Ursay thing. Unbelievable. But... Uh, for us here this weekend on YouTube wherever you get the podcast give us the thumbs up in the words of Aaron Rodgers the night is darkest before the dawn and we shall rise yet again Zach Malamud I'm Brett Malamud we'll catch you at the end of week 5 as we preview week 6 heading into the upcoming weeks catch you guys next week